I think every single person in this locker room is a competitor at the highest level. So, yeah, when you feel as if your back's against the wall, you never have to feel like you got to do it by yourself. Under pressure, sacked by Quinn and Williams. Got it. You look to your left and your right, you got guys out there with you that, that our whole point is to help each other. This one the Mims. That's Corey Davis climbing the ladder. To be able to go out and, and lead these guys, just to know how hard these guys work and how important it is to them, and then you get that chance to, to lead them. Everything that happened that needed to happen for us, it almost felt like kind of like a sign, like, Get like a second chance almost. Gets extra pushes, running left. Maybe a little extra life breathing the block. Welcome to Talking Jets. My name's Ryan and I'll be your pilot tonight. I am joined alongside my co-pilots. I have Mr. Joe Blewett to my this way and Mr. Matt O'Leary to my that way. Joe, how you doing tonight? I've missed you guys, man. I think it, I think it's been since about October that I've been on this channel. So I'm excited to talk to you guys. It's a little bit of a boring time in Jetsland, so I'm excited to kind of hash it out with you guys and see what's going on. I love it, Matt O'Leary. How you doing tonight? I'm doing good. We are inching closer to the draft, which is always fun. We get to debate prospects and also argue about whether Aaron Rodgers is going to be a Jet or not. So I'm looking forward to doing both tonight. Ooh, and we can't wait to get into all that discussion. Boys and girls, for every 25 likes we get on this video, we appreciate it. But that's not how you're going to qualify for any more giveaways for the rest of the month. From now on, you got to go to the pinned comment in the live chat right now. Matt Greenbean and I are launching our new Talking Jets channel over on YouTube. That's right. Click subscribe on that. You got to like the video that's there. It's the draft promo video. And you got to leave a comment. The more comments you leave on it, the more times you're qualified for all those giveaways that we end up doing. So we would greatly appreciate it if you head over there, hit that like button, and then come back over here and uh, have a little more fun with us. Ugh, that was a mouthful. Matt, how are you feeling about this Talking Jets channel? I am super excited for it because uh, I, I think it's overdue. I, we have three really awesome Jets creators and we combine them all in one spot for this lovely show and I think it's a cool opportunity to make a channel just for that and yeah the show is gonna eventually move over there and we'll do a ton of content over there but endless possibilities super super excited to get into it and uh can't wait man I'm excited we don't have Green Bean here with us tonight he's uh feeling a little under the weather he'll be back with us next week so we're excited to have mr joe blewett with us yeah we are very excited for this talking jets channel the, all the talking jet shows are going to be here through the draft so the draft party is still going to be on this channel and then come july when we you know after we do our hiatus for the summer and everything we're going to come back with training camp and all the shows are going to be specifically on that new channel so if you guys want to catch any more of this show you're going to make sure to subscribe over there Joe, what do you what do you think about this whole talking Jets channel? I gotta ask your opinion because I want Green Bean here. What do you think? I think you guys are gonna kill it because you kill everything else that that you're doing, and that's not just to blow smoke up your ass, but you guys are good with the emojis and all the subscriptions and the graphics and this whole freeze thing and a bunch of other stuff <laughs> that hasn't necessarily appeared on the channel yet. So I know you guys are gonna kill it. So I'm excited for you guys. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I don't have an animation for you to get frozen. So if you get frozen today, you're going to be Mr. Green Bean. Boom! Look at him. See, look, Green Bean's here with us in spirit. But that's all right. Let's, let's pull that back. 
get Mr. Joe Blewett back here. Ah, I'm excited. So I guess before we get, oh, wait, hold on. Sorry, saw Buffalo in here. What's up, dude? Buffalo hopping on the draft stream with us. If you guys didn't check out that draft promo, we'll drop it a little bit later. Uh, But it is over on that new YouTube channel. Uh, He says, let's go. That's right, Buffalo. Always good to have you in here. Uh, All right. So I didn't queue up any uh, topic cards. Kind of been a little busy (laughs) dealing with kids and sickness and didn't do my Monday show yesterday because daycare is kicking my butt from a sickness perspective. But I want to talk about all the comings and goings of the Aaron Rodgers news. And I guess before we talk about anything newer or whatever, I guess I want to get Joe's point of view because we haven't heard from Joe. Uh, on the whole Aaron Rodgers front. So I want to hear from you, Joe. What do you think about all this trade stuff going on? You think it's going to get done? What do you think it's going to be for? Word vomit all this stuff out of us. As I say, it's a loaded topic because we've been talking about the same thing for two, three months, like going so many different directions. Um, it's going to happen. It's like they want to surround Jordan Love, um, you know, this year with with talent. And I get a second round pick. It's not necessarily going to make or break a quarterback, but ideally you get a pick this year. Um, and obviously the Jets pick next year, we're hoping will be a little bit later than this year. So, or uh, than a year prior. So I think it happens. Um, how close to the draft, I'm not necessarily sure, but I do think it happens be- before the draft. We end up giving probably 43, not 42, just because Joe Douglas is a baller. Um, and and it, he's locked down and then we get to enjoy Aaron Rodgers. Of, of course, the Jets make a huge move at quarterback. We land Aaron Rodgers, but we got to sit here kind of with our thumbs up our butts for, you know, two months while, while we're waiting. Only only the Jets, but it'll, it'll happen. We should all be really excited, obviously, pushing for the Super Bowl. I think we have the type of team to make a legitimate run. Um, now, does the, the ball bounce our way? We have to see that in, you know, January, hopefully in February. But this, moves put, this, move, this move puts us to the top tier of the league. So you have to be excited, especially coming from where we've come from. You know, watching guys like Sanchez and Hackenberg, who's never took a rep for us in the regular season, to watching Aaron Rodgers. It was quite the, called like the shock for me to watch Aaron Rodgers film. Yeah, it's wild, right? Like, is it, we might actually have a frigging quarterback. I mean, it feels like it's we're dead set on it. I threw $100 at it when it was plus 2500 I was like, I'm confident this is happening. <laughs> and then, like, everything, you know, started progressing a little further. I'm like, oh, getting excited about this, all about it. Now, you mentioned you think it happens before the draft. Now, do you think, like, why, I guess? Because, like, when we saw Salah and Douglas at the owners' meetings, we saw some of their, uh, you know, responses to some of the questions, and they felt very laid back. They're not stressed at all. This is going to get done. Like, what is the motivation for the Jets to get this done before the draft? Because I've speculated Joe Douglas should be like, hey, we're going to focus on our draft. We'll deal with the trade talks after. And he's going to use every friggin' pick we have this year towards Aaron Rodgers. I guess it kind of depends on where they're at with the contract stuff because like we think they're squabbling over exact price, but what if they're waiting, you know, they're held up right now in signing a Ben Jones or an Odell Beckham because they don't necessarily know the contract and how it's going to hit with Aaron Rodgers. So, so it, it aids the jets to get him um, under contract and figure out exactly how they're going to, to manage the cap, the gymnastics they, they have to do. Um, and then on top of that, you know, I'm sure there's some players out there too who are like, yeah, Aaron Rodgers, is most likely coming to the Jets, 99%, but I want that extra 1% to, to sign with them. So um, mm-hmm. I want to just get the ball rolling so we can get some of these free agents in here. I know we haven't necessarily made big splashes in the first wave, but I think in the third and fourth waves of free agency, we can make some uh, some relatively you know uh, good moves. Um, but I think a lot of players are waiting, or a lot of things are kind of hinging on Aaron Rodgers and him actually getting traded to the Jets now in terms of like why it would happen. I, I think both sides, like, and I have really been avoiding the word leverage, but both sides need to get done. They, they have a quarterback they need to get rid of. It was like a hundred million dollar cap head uh, cap head at a certain point in the in the offseason or in the season, whatever it is. The Jets need him, so we both kind of got to meet in the middle. 
Um, I don't think they're giving up that first round pick. And in, in recent weeks, it seemed like the Packers beat and some of the guys out there have been backpedaling a little bit on price. So maybe they're getting a little bit closer. Um, that's what it feels like, at least. And again, I, I think they want the picks this year to surround Jordan Love because, you know, again, a second round pick is not going to make or break you. But if that second pick's a receiver, he helps Jordan Love out and you figure out what he is and if he's even a quarterback uh, uh, in the future. So both both sides know they need to get it done and they, they both prefer to have it done um, now. It's just about who gives it first. Yeah, and I love how you said the Jets are going to give up pick 43 because I 100% think the same thing. If they're going to give up a second this year, there's no way it's going to be 42. It's going to be that little stick it to you. Like, you were going to take our second if we didn't, like, make the trade with Elijah Moore to get 42. So you're going to take 43. I'm hoping it waits until after June 1st, and then we say, okay, you could have a, what's to give you the 2024 first, but only if you eat some of that $60 million signing bonus that's going to end up happening, so that way we don't have to deal with the dead cap from your bad contract. Then you get the first round pick in 2024, because the Packers do have 10 draft picks in this draft, so they don't necessarily need it, but the second round pick obviously would would, would certainly help. Matt, how are you feeling on all the Aaron Rodgers stuff that's going on, and, and has your thought process changed on anything? No, not at all. I'm I'm still with Joe. I think it gets done before the draft because, I mean, both teams want to get this done. From the Jets' perspective, you're trying to uh, get guys in here, and obviously, like, you signed Alan Lazard, and there's been some minor moves, but, uh, you know, landing a, a Beckham or a Ben Jones or, pray to God, an interior defensive lineman, uh, it'd just be nice to finally like start having this team really come together obviously we know eventually this deal is going to get done but um it'd be nice to have that finalized from the Jets perspective and for the Packers like I think the longer this goes on the worse it could be for them in the sense that like do you really want to get to a point where Jordan Love is going to be have to like answer questions about Aaron Rodgers and there being a threat that oh my god is he actually going to show up to camp like or OTAs like what's going to happen here uh I I think it's just in everyone's best interest to get this done. And also, if it's a second rounder this year, you want to put as many pieces as humanly possible in front of uh, Love to know if he's the guy or not. So I think it's important that they get some sort of asset for this year. Um, and yeah, I just I want it to be over with, too, because I'm tired of like all these crazy narratives from you know both sides of the aisle here. Apparently, there's a, a new mystery team the 49ers are now in on rogers which i just was that carton that said that someone was telling yeah me that. supposedly yeah he was told um which to me it's like oh maybe it's someone from the packers trying <laughs> to get so any sort full of, of leverage it. yeah i don't know there's 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 no way that that's real so uh, i just want that like bs to be over with finally yeah there's so much like speculation and joe has said the the magic word of leverage i it's funny i came out with a thumbnail or for a video that used the word leverage and i just seen your tweet about like i hate that word or whatever it was i was like ah oh well joe you may not watch this video. <laughs> but that's all right yeah dude that that whole leverage thing it's like a pendulum it swings from uh you know, it's the Packers. I think it's the Jets right now. And then it swings towards the Packers closer to training camp. And then it swings real hard back the other way when it gets like towards the end of that uh, training camp period, which obviously no one wants it to, to get to that long because everyone wants the NFL. I, I'm torn. I don't know if the NFL wants it to happen so that way they can make their whole schedule around it or they know it's like definitely going to happen. Like everyone else sort of thinks it's going to happen eventually. They can still make their schedule around it. But then. Now they have June, July, or May, June, July with no football news going on, 
with Aaron Rodgers possibly going to the Jets, and then Hard Knocks comes in, and the Jets are like, oh, are we getting Aaron Rodgers? We got to sign this deal. We got to go to the Roscoe Diner or whatever the hell it's called. I think you know what there's a lot of a lot of things that could go down. Joe, I, what do you think about Hard Knocks? You think the Jets are getting it? Yeah, he won. On the Rodgers stuff really quickly, too, like, I just want to stop talking about it. Like, it's just it is so <laughs> old. Like, realistically, past the leverage and the picks, I, I just don't want to talk about it anymore. I don't want to see Packers fans anymore on Twitter. And I'm just waiting for the day it happens. And I get to see Peter Bukowski, whatever, just get absolutely roasted by Jets Twitter. I'm just waiting for that day. I'm just going to sit back and smile. But um, in terms of hard knocks, I think Hardy came out and I kind of quote tweeted and said, like, we don't need that mm-hmm. distraction. And, and I agree. And, it, it, it you know, like, I think one Jets drive, obviously, is very heavily, like, Jets slanted. Um, so mm. it's going to be more positive than, than a hard knocks. But And while the the exposure to hard knocks would be nice for us to watch because we're all obviously fanatics and we every single second mm. of Jets content we like to kind of bring it in. But um, for the team's sake, I'd rather not have it, especially when you're going to have some guys. You know, Aaron Rodgers is a little bit iffy, you know, sometimes with his, with his personality. If you bring in OBJ, he could be a little bit iffy, not not like he was with the Giants, but he still had some recent occurrences on planes and things like that where he could not necessarily be the most stable. So um, I'd rather not have it. Like my head says that, but my heart's like, I want to watch the Jets every week for an hour and get behind the scenes. So heart, heart yes, head, uh, definitely no. Yeah, I, I, I get where you're coming from. Don't want the distraction. But dude... Dude, you're talking. What is it? It's, it's the Commanders. It's the Saints. It's the Bears. It's the Jets. Are those the four teams? Offensive Rookie of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year, probably Comeback Player of the Year. You're gonna have Aaron Rodgers, the Zach Wilson stuff. Quinton Williams getting his extension. You got the two Hall of Fame guys. How are we not gonna get it? I've been saying for like weeks, but probably months at this point. It's a lock for us do, to get hard. Do they have the right to deny it if they're on that list? I don't see why not. I don't are you know force if. Them? I think they might. I think they, there's probably going to be some type of like give for the Jets to like do it because the NFL is going to love having them on it. I, I'm pretty sure. The, I'm pretty sure the Jets last time they were on Hard Knocks is still one of the highest viewed Hard Knocks ever. So like, if they get this in here, it's going to blow everything out of the water. Yeah, it, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. It's just, it's just, it, it could, it could be a distraction, and I rather just eliminate every single type of distra- or potential distraction. Again, my mm. heart says, like, yeah, I want to watch it. You know, I, I eat up the one drive stuff, but at the at a certain point with the one drive stuff, again, it's very, 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 very heavily jet slanted, so you kind of feel that during it. Um, mm. Where hard knocks wouldn't give you that; it give you more of raw of a look into the into the locker room and stuff. But you know, if players are coming out and Hardy's a special teams, you know, he's a leader on the team he's saying mm. they don't want it then maybe there's some discourse within the locker room where they don't necessarily want it i don't know if that list is just the eligible teams or if it's you can you can deny it if you're on that list i'm not 100 sure but i'm hoping the jets would be able to deny it if, if if uh if they're not able to matt how you feeling about the hard knock stuff yeah i mean it would be cool in a way to get that behind the scenes look like i really love the uh 2010 one where you got the uh there's so many good quotes from that it's you know goddamn snack and- yeah the <laughs> The Rex speech with expectations, you know, there's a lot of great moments. Steve Weatherford and the shake weights. Uh, again, a lot I love of, the lot of knocking fun. on the door of uh, Revis. You in there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so many, so many great moments. And like, it wasn't a distraction for that team. That was probably the best season of all of our lifetimes that year. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, there's a lot of, as you said, a lot of personalities with Rodgers, potentially OBJ. And when a leader and a captain and Justin Hardy's like, nah, we have business to take care of. Like, let's not worry about this distraction. 
I'm, I, I get it. I think it'd be good to kind of just like, let's not be the circus and let's kind of just like hunker down and focus on taking care of what we need to. Oh, dude, dude, Barnum and Bailey, bring in the elephants. <laughs> I want the circus, dude. Come on. I want all like, dude, you have hard knocks and you see a glimpse inside the locker room. There's like the raw rock, like behind the jets in 2010 was like so strong. And I know it like has nuclear implications where like things go sideways and then it just turns into like this whole jets thing and then fucking Rogers retires and it's going to be like some miserable situation. So like the fan in me doesn't want to see that, but man, I just want it. I want it all. I want the trapeze. <laughs> I want, I want Hardy swinging, you know, on the tightrope or whatever he's got. to. Uh, I don't know. I just, I would love to see it. Where, okay, aside from, from the Aaron Rodgers stuff, aside from the Hard Knocks stuff, Joe, from the additions that we've made so far or additions you're hoping to see the Jets make, is there anyone that kind of you were really excited about or hoping to, to maybe see? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, at this point, like, I, I would like to go into the draft and fill as many holes as possible. And this year is about filling some holes. There's been years in, in the past where, yeah, you can go into – you know, the third round and get a free safety and hopefully he works out because we're going to be five and 13 anyway. But this year they really need to plug some holes because we're obviously trying to go for the Super Bowl. So I think at this point before the draft, you'd really like to land a center, whether that be Ben Jones or McGovern. And that market has been favorable to the teams. A lot of, you know, contracts have been lesser than we thought they would be. So I would see a center, a D tackle is an absolute must at this point, maybe even two. Um, and I think receiver, at, you know, is, is, an interesting situation because you know maybe they could draft one at 13 um if a guy falls there that they like whether it be an addison or a jsn or whoever it may be but if they're locked on tackle at that spot they really want to tackle uh hardman and lazard are two and three is not enough for me it's just not hardman hardman is a barrios replacement he should not be a more replacement anyway so they need to add another um starting level receiver you know a top three guy so is that is that an obj is that a jsn so that you know i think that should be filled before the draft again just to give them ultimate flexibility unless they're planning on keeping Corey davis which i think is a wrinkle that's kind of been discussed in the last week or so um, which is a possibility if they don't land obj because you know if it's not obj you trade Corey davis let's say they only like jsn at 13 but he goes 11 or 12 uh, who is the receiver in free agency right now that we're grabbing? You know who's starting level. So I would like to, I would like to see receiver, center, D tackle at the minimum. And you look in the safety market too. Like Taylor Rapp is a guy Jets fans talk about. He's got one point seven seven million dollars. So like why not just get a Rodney McLeod for two million dollars and fill that free safety spot? He'll be much bigger of an upgrade mm -hmm. over over a joiner. So um, yeah. So I, I would like to see those positions addressed. And in terms of excitement, like the, the the guy who I think is the most underrated by Jets fans in terms of additions, and I've watched a lot of the guys. I haven't watched the the guards yet, but I've done everybody else's film. Um, is Chuck Clark? He, he's he's underrated by fans. Whitehead from the jump was overrated by fans. Chuck Clark for the price of seventh round pick, four million ish dollars. Uh, super, super consistent. I really, really like his his game. So I think he's gonna be a guy that Justice fans are gonna talk about in a couple of months. Like, oh wow, we didn't realize how good this guy was. So yeah, I agree. I think that was the most exciting of the additions so far. I do really like what the Jets appear to be doing. Like for me, I don't know if Whitehead ends up actually being on the roster. They might. I feel like they could approach him you know, around training camp or so and say like, Hey, look, we, we're going to move on from you unless you want to take this two year deal. That's lower cap hits. Now we got them locked in for two years of this Aaron Rodgers push. Cause I do think we get Rodgers for the two years. Um, I love the Chuck Clark edition. I've sort of thought that the additions of like a Ben Jones and, and, um, you know, with a defensive tackle, maybe it's woods from, uh, Seattle, Seattle. I think. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think those additions, are more about hiding holes on our roster. So when we go into the draft, teams aren't necessarily thinking, oh, the Jets are like needing a safety. Let's, you know, leapfrog them to steal the safety. 
Now, I think the same thing sort of happens with center. If you wind up having Ben Jones, then at least when you're sitting at pick 42, maybe teams aren't necessarily thinking you're pulling the trigger on the center there. You could go safety. You could go linebacker. There's a there's a little more mystery uh, around those selections. So I do like that. Matt, where you stand on on our free agents and everything and, and you know, I guess the prospects of adding some more guys like uh, Woods or uh, Ben Jones or any of them. Yeah, so a uh, couple of thoughts here. I think Ben Jones would make a ton of sense because he could be a plug-in guy and you're like one year, go for it. But then you could also draft someone and have them sit for a year and develop. And like Jones had concussion issues last year. So if he did get hurt, and let's say he's only going to give you 10 games, you could survive with the seven games of you know, insert whatever your favorite center in this year's draft is uh, in that spot. So then you kind of just build out depth that way. Uh, they definitely, I think they definitely need uh, defensive line help on the interior. Uh, Woods is a really good, like, run-stopping guy. So uh, they could probably still look to add a, a pass rusher. Maybe that's uh, in the draft. You're looking for more of that pass rusher on the interior. Um, I agree, like, what Joe was saying too, and what you were saying with uh, Chuck Clark, I think he's going to be, be really good. But while we have the film guy in here with Joe who just watched mm. him, I want to ask you, do you think that Clark is like his skill set seems a little like redundant to Whitehead? Like, do you see that as an, a duo or do you think it's a Whitehead replacement? Yeah, ideally it's a Whitehead replacement. But the only the only Chuck thing Clark. I can see the Jets, the only thing I can see the Jets doing right now is like, obviously, you know, Salah's linebackers in, in his 4-3, like, he likes them to move a lot. So could they have a Clark at like a weak side linebacker or a Whitehead as a weak side linebacker and bring in a free safety? And then that third linebacker instead of Quan is now Whitehead or Clark. Because if you watch Clark, which you and I watched his entire, you know, 2021 season or two season, whatever it was, he played linebacker a lot. And he is very, very good in the box from both a coverage standpoint um, and from, you know, a, a tackling standpoint in terms of angles and just how secure he is as a tackler. So I really like him in the box. He's not incapable deep, but he's, he doesn't have the most of range. So, he could fill a. He could, he could play sometimes deep, but not all the time. Um, and especially not in like the AFC. We all know like, you know, Lamar Jackson and Herbert and Mahomes and Allen. Like you need some stud safeties. So yeah, they're a little bit redundant. You don't want Whitehead deep at all. I think Clark could do it, but you're not taking advantage of of what he is as a player. Um, so the only way I can see them both in the roster is if one of them is kind of playing, you know, quasi linebacker. We're playing a lot of big nickel looks. So. Cool. Uh, that's an interesting way to go about. It. I never thought about converting Whitehead to like a Will or something along those lines. That would kind of solve the Quan conundrum because I was hoping we might like bring him back. I thought for sure he would be going to Houston. I think he's still out there as a free agent. I don't think he's signed anywhere else yet. Um, I could see him, maybe a McGovern or so, like so, the, some ancillary pieces, maybe waiting on the Rogers stuff. Maybe they're willing to take a little bit less to come back and play. It would be interesting to, to see all that. Um, let's see. Let me jump over to here real quick. I see Mutt Viles dropped in with Super Chat. What's up, Mutt Viles? He says, okay, Ryan, be careful on what kind of circus you want. After 2011, that's what we were for 12 years. I wouldn't mind Hard Knocks again, but when Rodgers is here, because we are going to the Super Bowl if they pick us. Uh, yeah, look, I don't care what happens beyond two years from now right now. We have been so fucking miserable for the longest mm -hmm. amount of time. I don't care about the implications later on down the road. I want winning now. <laughs> I want it now. So my vials, that's where I'm at on that. Uh, Blitzkrieg comes in and says, thought on Bryce Hall's role and our slot corner. I think there's a chance that, uh, I don't know. I, I was hoping maybe we'd see Bryce in like, 
maybe a little bit of a safety look occasionally. I, maybe he's some sort of trade chip that gets moved during the, the draft. If they like him, I think maybe he's so cheap you don't do any of that and you just let him sit in the depth role for the year that we have him here. Joe, where do you stand on the, the Bryce Hall stuff? Yeah, it's like in in one instance, like on one side of it, um, okay, you love good depth, but is it worth having a fifth corner who's making $2 million who you might be able to get a fifth or a sixth round pick for? Um, especially, you know, if Joe Douglas can get a six for Cashman, you could probably get a, a first for Bryce Hall at this point. So um, for that $2 million, yeah, again, I, I like Bryce Hall as a player, but if I'm saying, hey, $2 million to corner five or $2 million to Rodney McLeod, who would be a free safety press, would be better than a joiner. You know, um, I'd rather invest that money elsewhere if you could, if you can get rid of him. Even though, with, with that being said, I do like if I can figure out how to keep him on the roster and bring in other guys. Obviously, that's the most ideal situation. But um, they need to fill some, you know, too many holes on defense to say, okay, hey, corner five, uh, you're you're an asset that makes a decent amount of money. Let's not get rid of you, Matt. How do you feel about Bryce Hall? Yeah, I really like Bryce Hall. Um, for whatever reason, it feels like he's kind of lower on the the jets pecking order now especially ever, ever since they drafted brandon eccles it feels like the staff prefers eccles over hall so i don't know if you necessarily need both of those guys for depth on the roster anymore uh, so if you can move hall for an asset maybe you do pull pull the trigger on it um again like injuries are always a risk so i understand the the logic to wanting to keep him around because he showed that he can hold down the fort as a starter um but yeah, I mean, if you could flip that into some sort of day three pick, you might might as well do it. Yeah, and when you're talking about draft picks being at a premium and salary cap being at a premium, it's definitely a, a serious thing that you have to consider in terms of draft compensation. Be there in the second. Oh, is oh, the Jets traded up. was that oh. <laughs> did anyone else see the bug i don't know if anyone saw the bug <laughs> I, i'm hoping some people like were watching on their tv or something and like pure panicked <laughs> oh god i'm sorry i see a few no, guys got that. what the hell it's was good that to, <laughs> it's good to plug we're excited we're gonna be making the switch over and throughout the entire draft weekend i'm sure we'll be plugging that doing giveaways so make sure to subscribe now yeah, guys, absolutely. If you have not subscribed to the new Talking Jets channel, it's pinned in the comment section. Make sure you head over there. Leave a like on the draft trailer video. You'll see that as the only video over there. And for every comment you leave, you're qualified for every single giveaway we do through DraftStream. So that's the jersey giveaways. That's the t-shirt giveaways for right now. So it doesn't even, uh, you know, expire at all. So it's kind of cool. And we got Joe Blewett's going to be joining us for the draft. I, ugh, I'm all sorts of excited. We got a whole laundry list of people. Joe, remember when you came on last year and we were sitting there on day three and we were hoping the Jets might trade back in? Nothing happened, but things got a little weird. It's okay. You excited for the draft stream? I, yeah, I've got to say, <clears throat> I'll never forget that. I don't know if that was last year or two years ago where we had, we probably talked about 
cocks for 45 minutes. So last year, last year I came in kind of blasted. I was having a long night, so I came in a little bit, you know, uh, messed up. But it'll, it'll be fun. We have to uh, to have some lighthearted conversations about Cox in the second and third round. So I'm looking forward to it. Oh, it's great. It's great. We got to have some like some good names coming up in this year's draft. You got if you guys know any really good names in the draft, you got to throw it in the live chat because it's always funny to kind of see where those sort of come from. Uh, Joe, in your research of college draft prospects, have you seen any uh, any names that have piqued your interest? Yeah, so I, I'm going to be completely transparent with this, and this is how I've always been. With the, with the draft and with Aaron Rodgers this year, I've looked into the draft less this year than any other year. So I know mm-hmm. top guys, and I know general position groups, and what's strong and what's not, and what other people are saying. But to say, mm-hmm. like in previous years, I've done 15 to 20 reviews, and I, I really know guys. I don't this year because, like, for me personally, I know you guys, like this, this stuff takes up a lot of time. Am I going to invest mm-hmm. all of my time into Broderick Jones and all these guys, and then 13th mm-hmm. pick is gone? So um, I haven't looked into the draft too, too much, but I know I know some positions I, I, I want um, in the draft and general feelings for guys. But in terms of like, oh, this fourth round sleeper, I would just be completely lying to your face right now. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely of a similar wavelength. And I think Matt's probably in the same boat as well, where it's like we haven't done the research we generally do and the talking we've done on on free agents even. And then, you know, the draft prospects coming up, like we're starting to do a little bit more drafts things now, but like there's so much hanging over your head. It's hard to do a mock draft and and really believe that you're going to have all those picks at your disposal when you know Rodgers is coming down the pipeline. Uh, Matt, do you kind of feel the same way? Yeah, absolutely. One, because... The Rogers stuff has taken up so much time. I, even going up into free agency, I was like, I haven't done a free agency preview. So let me put like, usually, because I like to break it down by position and be like, all right, here's a expensive option, a mid-tier option, and a cheap option at each position of need. It's like, well, I can't do that because we we're just talking about Rogers and compensation. And then now with the draft coming up, I have a, a much better idea now than I did maybe three weeks ago or so but even still like in years gone by and maybe it was just because the jets were picking so high and they had multiple first round picks in some of these drafts Mm -hmm. i felt like i knew just about everybody in the top three rounds but i'm nowhere near that right now yeah i kind of feel the same way when you're looking at the jets draft and we're sitting at 13 that's the that's the latest pick we've had since i've been doing this channel (laughs) like it's that's brutal when you do a mock draft getting to 13 i can I could piece together that, but then everything else starts to fall apart. Like last year with pick four, pick 10, there's all these different situations and circumstances that could happen. You knew the Jets were going to hold on to more than likely both those picks unless they made the, the big trade for a receiver or something. But um, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. It's it's felt very overshadowed by the Rodgers stuff. And this offseason, you know, even going back to like the regular season, always felt like hey, this is going to be more about retaining our own guys and adding more through the draft and figuring out, you know, is Zach Wilson going to be the guy? Clearly, that's not the case right now. And then, you know, if he's not the guy, how are you going to address it with a veteran presence? Is it going to be Carr? Is it going to be Rodgers? You know, someone else that we haven't discussed, Lamar, possibly. Um, yeah, the, the quarterback has just been the overwhelmingly dominant conversation or surrounding the Jets, and I'm here for it. It's okay. You know, it's better than... <laughs> At least it seems like it's going in the right direction. It's not like, oh, no, we don't have anyone. I mean, we still don't have anyone, but I do think the Rodgers stuff does ultimately get done. Uh, E-Boogie dropped in. What's up, dude? He goes, hey, fellas, which side of the ball is a major need in this up-and-coming draft? Uh, Offensive line. I mean, for me, if I could have my perfect first and second round, it's tackle first round, center second round, and 
you know, who you want at those picks is, you know, flavor of the week or whatever. I feel like I probably am leaning towards Broderick Jones at 13. And then obviously, you know, best center available in the second round. I don't know if John Michael Smith makes it there. I think he could go end of the first. Uh, but I've also seen people say he may not be the top center anyway, and there could be other guys that could be a little bit higher up on the board. Uh, Joe, where do you fall on major need? Do you feel like it's geared more towards offensive line, or do you think it's geared towards maybe a, to something on defense, other positions on offense? Where do you kind of fall on this? Uh, yeah, so it's it's offense because you want to take full advantage of what Rodgers is. Like in a, in a vacuum, safety might be a bigger need than than tackle because tackle at least you have guys who have started where safety you don't. But if you're telling me again tackle versus safety, I rather have the tackle to again take it full advantage of what Rodgers is. So um, they need to make big investments at the minimum at center, uh, tackle, and um, and wide receiver at, at this point. So uh, give me all the offense. The defense will be fine. But again, there's you know in veteran free agency in. You know, in July and August, you can add a starting safety for a million, million and a half dollars, you know, just like they added Quan last year for a million and a half, whatever it was. So uh, it, it going into the draft, it figure out figure out the offense. Hopefully they figure out center and receiver in today. Hopefully right now they just signed Odell Beckham, you know, but uh, we have to obviously wait. We've been very patient this offseason. It's not like all seasons of our of our recent past. Now, you mentioned Odell. Are you, are, are you Team Odell, or are you hoping maybe Hopkins gets cut? Do you think there's any shot of him going there? I mean, I know we saw Sal at, what was it, a Suns game this past week, uh, or yesterday, two days ago, with Odell. Um, where do you stand? Yeah, it kind of depends. Like, again, in a vacuum, would I rather have uh, Hopkins over Odell? Of course I would, but is Hopkins going to cost me $18 million a year, where Beckham will cost me seven-plus incentives? So it kind of depends. Mm. Um, I don't think Hopkins is going to happen just because the Jets have so many other needs. While it'd be great, again, they have a lot of other holes to fill. So I see OBJ as more uh, as more of the realistic option for the Jets. Now, to me personally, I know people are going to, you know, obviously as soon as people leave the team, like they suck and they're, they were never good. But I would have rather just had Elijah Moore for a million, two million dollars for the mm-hmm. next two years. Either way, and I, I know like he's he's not going to be here here past the first contract, but. OBJ is not going to be here in a year or two anyway. So just take advantage of what Elijah Moore is. Uh, I'm not saying that he's necessarily the better player right now than a healthy OBJ, but he's also cost 500% less or whatever it's going to be. So um, I think they absolutely need to, to add an Odell. With that being said, is it extremely, is he volatile in terms of what he may or may not be off the field? I think he's calmed down in recent years, but still the airplane incident really turned me off um, recently. And then past that, he obviously tore his you know ACL back-to-back years, and he hasn't had it over 500 yards in, what, two years? So, yeah, he was great with the Rams in the playoff run, but that was a year and a half ago. So do we do you want to rely on him realistically to be a top three guy and be healthy all year for a Super Bowl, Super Bowl run? Probably not, but we're kind of stuck in a, in a crappy situation now. Again, I would rather just have more. Yeah, I, mean, I, I want to dig into that a little bit deeper too because I, I definitely felt the same way. Like Elijah Moore, as much as I was like bent out of shape on him uh, in season, I have since, you know, sort of brush that off on being Michael LaFleur, Zach Wilson being bad, and like, oh, Aaron Rodgers coming in, we're going to have a really good season out of Elijah Moore, even if we don't plan on re-signing him after the two years. Like, let's just let him ball out and get a comp pick for him when he walks and goes to another team on that big contract. To me, the Elijah Moore trade with the Browns, while mathematically it works out to be like a a third-round value for, for what you got for Moore, that to me still feels like we sold low. Like I, to me, I, I valued more as like a first round talent. Is that kind of where you fall, Joe? Yeah, I, I really liked it. I'm not going to go back on, on what he is as a player because of everything that happened. And it's not ideal. Like, and I get, 
know, the fact that he was a he was an outside vertical threat and um, in general, like a third or fourth option for a quarterback who couldn't get through his first read. So he was never getting the ball, which is frustrating for him. But still, you don't go about it in the way he did, at least in my opinion. Maybe I'm just, you know, an old guy in a younger-ish guy body. So, but I, I hate that type of stuff. I hate the Twitter stuff. Just go to just go to Joe Douglas behind the scenes and see what happens. Twitter doesn't help you. Um, but, yeah, I, I really liked him at Ole Miss. I really liked what he did uh, in his rookie year. And then even this year, he was open um, a lot. And, again, Zach Wilson just couldn't get to him. So I think he's being uh, kind of underrated by Jets fans because now, now he's gone. But I could see him going to the Browns or going wherever else in his career and easily having 1,000-plus yards uh, for the next five or six years. He's a very good player, so I would have loved to have have him. If, and even if I don't love him personally, his personality, whatever, it is what it is, if he's going to help the Jets win a Super Bowl, I really couldn't give two Fs less, let's say. So, um, yeah, I would have preferred to have him, but it, it is what it is. But at this point, you're really putting emphasis on landing OBJ. Or, you know, we all assume that Corey Davis would be gone. If, if it's not OBJ, I think you have to go into the draft with Corey Davis. And then if JSN doesn't fall, Corey Davis is your – you know, starting receiver next year because I'm not just relying on a guy. Oh, well, you know, player X in round two, he'll be a stud because, yeah, that's the, so easy to do in the draft, you know? Like, so, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But I think OBJ is eventually on the Jets, and I'm not super for it, but it is what it is at this point. Do you think – so I, before I get over to Matt, I the JSN thing, like would you be more you, – you would be more apt to take a receiver – than uh than the tackle like are you confident that it may be like either later tackles or just having you know the guys we got on on staff already yeah I, so I, I think both are big enough needs where whatever position you have or whatever player you have ranked higher at 13 you'd take if, if they go into the draft without a tackle and without a receiver just take the better player um, I'm hoping again they they address receiver and center and a few of those other positions. So they go in with ultimate flexibility and you take mm-hmm. you know the, the BPA BPA for the most part BPA at a somewhat position of need. Like I don't think the Jets are going to go and draft a D end at 13 necessarily. Um, maybe if they get rid of Lawson, that's a conversation. But uh, yeah, I, I could see I could see it right now. The, or the only things I really see it being is is a trade down for another spot. But if they're going to stick at 13, I see it being one of the tackles or one of the receivers. But I think the receiver need is eliminated with OBJ in the next couple of weeks. And then they're really trying to, you know, they're hoping that, uh, you know, Paris Johnson or whoever falls at 13, if they don't, maybe you trade down. Obviously you have to have two to tango. So it's hard. It's, it's harder, you know, said than done. But um, yeah, I'm really feeling tackle or receiver right now for the, for the Jets in round one. Matt, how are you feeling about OBJ and the prospects of, and like the Elijah Moore stuff with trading him now, giving it a, a little bit of time to kind of digest? Then we'll get into E-Boogie's comment about the major needs coming up for this upcoming draft. Yeah, I didn't love the Elijah Moore trade. Like, I understand why they did it, but I don't love getting the third round, essentially a third round pick for him when they not two years ago viewed him as a first round talent who fell to them in the second round. I'm not saying that you could trade him now for a first round pick. That's crazy. But if you were that high on him, not that long ago, I think you could have given him a shot with a real quarterback this year. And he could have been a fine wide receiver two or three to go with Elijah Moore and Alan Lazard, and Nicole Hardman. Um, I, Odell scares me, man. He he has two ACLs in the last three years. He didn't, he played zero games last year. Like, I don't understand the people who think like, oh yeah, it's going to be fine. He's going to be exactly the guy he was just for that, what whatever it was, seven games with the Rams. And, you know, he's going to be wide receiver too and everything's okay. That's not a guarantee. That's not a lock. And then on top of that, you add the off the field shenanigans and stuff with him. And some of it gets overblown, but there are some things that are legitimate gripes that you have with him off the field. I don't know. Can it work? 
yeah, obviously it can. If it hits, it's going to look great, but it could also blow up in your face too. Uh, and I think that's way too big of a risk for me on a team that's supposed to be a Super Bowl caliber team. Yeah, do you think there's a shot they actually hold on to Corey Davis at all, like in instead of maybe going Odell? Uh, depending on the cost, I mean, right now mm-hmm. is Odell seeking what fifteen? Uh, I would much rather, at that point, I think keep Corey. As crazy as that might sound, um, you, you know what Corey is, where you have this such this high variance with Odell. Maybe they do keep him. They they just talked him up. You know, Salah just talked him up at the owners' meeting. So maybe they do really like him. Yeah, and I want to get into eBoogie's comment here, and and Joe sort of mentioned it on the Carl Lawson front. And before we go into the the needs per se, I you know I always thought that Corey Davis might wind up, or no, sorry, not Corey Davis, Carl Lawson is going to get cut because of the fifteen million dollars to save. I just sort of took that as like, oh, it's what's going to happen. But in the event the Jets want to slide JFM inside a little bit more frequently, that now you have the space that you were kind of hoping to look for to see more of Jermaine Johnson, to see more of uh, Michael Clemens and um, Bryce Huff and those guys. So I guess my thinking is, well, Matt, you tell me, where is the major need? Do you think it's on the defensive line? Do you think it's on the offensive line? Where do you think it is in this draft? Yeah, I would probably go in order right now, assuming like nothing else changes, but I'd go offensive tackle, center, wide receiver, and interior defensive line. Those are really the four mm. positions. Uh, now, I think, you know, with every how everything's gone with Odell, like that one feels like a lock that it's going to happen. So wide receiver, you could kind of take out of that. But I think it's like almost a guarantee that they're going to take a tackle at 13, assuming one's going to be there. And if not, mm. like, is it really that crazy to say if all three tackles are gone, they'll take Kalijah Kansi at 13, a, a guy who... Mm could be that pass rusher next to Quinn and Williams on the on the inside um I I don't know I think they definitely need more on the on the offensive line uh they currently don't have a center McGovern's just sitting out there Ben Jones hasn't been signed so that's you know obviously you want to use a first or second round pick on that for a guy who's going to come in and have to play so uh, O-line is very high up on the list that's got to be one for me blitz crew Hobson, what's up, dude? He says, think Joe Douglas will hold off on offensive line in the first. Brown at left tackle, Becton at right tackle, swinging Becton AVT as backup left tackle with Mitchell as backup right tackle. I want an offensive tackle and center within our first four picks. Hit that like button. Thank you, Blitz Crew. Um, Yeah, this is an interesting thought process because I do... I completely understand people saying we shouldn't have to spend all these high draft picks on offensive line. Joe Douglas is an offensive line scout by trade. He should be able to provide us value in rounds outside of round one. And I I get that 100%. My issue winds up coming back to like the players that are on the board and, and who the best player is at, at the need. And it's so hard to get a really good or I think it is. It's hard to get a, a really good left tackle. It's hard to get, you know, some of those premier positions. And drafting a tackle and just saying, hey, we have a tackle that can play left or right tackle. We don't know. We still believe in Mekhi Becton. We want to see how he develops. Like, he's still in our long-term plans. Like, that feels like the right move. I actually, as far as receivers go, I do not like this receiver class at all. I actually think the tight end class is way better than the wide receiver class. Like, if we were, if, if a weapon were to be added, I love the idea of going Kincaid from Utah. I think he's the best receiving threat 
in this draft, but with us restructuring both Uzama and Conklin and drafting Rucker last year, the only way I could even see that being plausible is if you wind up sending Uzama or Conklin over in that Aaron Rodgers trade to free up space. Otherwise, you're just creating a logjam at the position. Um, so I guess for me, Joe, do you think left tackle, like Blitzcrew saying, you know, maybe shouldn't be a first round need and would you still gear it towards wide receiver? Like, let's say Odell signs tomorrow and, you know, you have one of the three left tackles there and then whoever else. Like, what? where are you kind of leaning? Yeah, well, if, if you get Odell, um, McCall Harbinger at your fours is going to be making, you know, between five and six million dollars. I don't think he's going to hit all the incentives, but let's just assume it's five to six million dollars. Um, mm-hmm. You draft another receiver, you're assuming he's going to play over McCole Harmon. So your number five receiver is making $6.5 million. So it's almost too much of a capital poured into receiver. So I don't think it would happen. And then past that point, yeah, I think it's a tackle. Now, it depends on who they like. Like, we all just assume they like the top three or four guys. But what if they don't? You know, like things you have to think about, too, in terms of this year for the Jets. You know, there might be, you know, years past, okay, 13, Broderick Jones is fine. He's raw, but he can develop. We have time. In a year where you're making a Super Bowl push, do you want a Broderick Jones who's very, very raw, or would you maybe lean towards more guy, more of a guy who's you know more pro ready and a Skronsky, um type player? So it's gonna be interesting to see what they do in, in that aspect. But uh, if they sign Odell, I'm I'm pretty damn confident it's gonna be a tackle because yeah, they have some names there, but at the end of the day, it's a 38 tack, it's a 38 year old tackle who had a you know surgery in the offseason. It's Beckton who hasn't played in two years, and Mitchell was good relative to expectations. He was not a good tackle, but okay, for a fourth-round pick, yeah, he's holding his own. Okay, he's fine. But, hey, it's a Super Bowl run year. Max Mitchell is your is your penciled-in starting right tackle for week one. Nobody should be like, okay, yeah, that's great. So um, at the end of the day, I think they'll bring in a tackle if, if a receiver um, is is brought in um, because obviously the offensive line is important and protecting a guy in Rodgers is very important, especially because he's lost some mobility, if anything, in the last couple of years. Matt, where do you fall in the the tackle debate? Like, do you you see what Blitzcrew's kind of saying? Maybe don't spend the first on the tackle. No, uh, I I disagree with this wholeheartedly because you're relying on Brown, who is approaching forty years old and just had a surgery this off season. Was basically playing with one arm last year, and um, sure, maybe you know he has a bounce back year, a little bit healthier. But I, I, can you rely on him for for health at this point in his career? Beckton. Hasn't played in two years. I I like Makai when he's on the field. He's a dominant, dominant run blocker, and I would love for him to be healthy and play a full year. I love the weight loss journey he's been posting online. All good things, but you can't bank on that and say, yep, this is our day one starter. Like, we're good with that. That's our plan A. And then Max Mitchell, you know, he had blood clots. Like, that's a, that's a scary thing. And he was just, he was fine. He wasn't spectacular, but this was a guy who they weren't expecting to play in the first year. Uh, they plugged him in, and he did play, and he was okay like i don't know i don't love any of those options as an absolute definite i think they need more there plus we saw this team and the amount of injuries they suffered last year you really need depth at that position because if you're one injury away from it being a disaster yeah i I don't think you can rely on becton as much as i want to be excited for for the journey that he's going on i I, know i am i'm hoping he's going to be the staple at one of the tackle positions and i think there's a strong case you know, if they feel like they want to, I mean, maybe they're waiting to see who drops as far as tackle goes before deciding on exercising his option. I don't know how you could exercise Makai's option with, uh, the health issues that he's had. I'd rather franchise tag him for, I don't know, I'd probably be like 16, $17 million instead of paying him $14 million fully guaranteed for, for injury. 
Um, and then, yeah, the Max Mitchell stuff is scary because you don't know exactly what you're going to get from him. Maybe I'd feel more comfortable if we saw two years out of him compared to just the rookie year. And then uh, Brown, you know, absolute beast as far as like health is concerned, playing with, played with what, a torn pec or a torn rotator cuff all season. This guy's absolutely a monster. But again, 38 years old, you got to plug in some young guys on that offensive line. And the other part of me is like, I kind of feel the same way when you're looking at receiver too. Like we got the two tight ends. You got at least two, three receivers that you you do like. You don't have maybe the top three that you'd love to have. If you're saying Hardman's probably filling that Barrios role, which I do think is correct. Um, I do think we want to rely on the run. So I do think Brees and Bam Knight and Michael Carter and all those guys. I, I think maybe taking some of that pressure off Rodgers might be a, a good way to go about it and opening up more of the opportunities in the pass game with the run and drafting that offensive lineman obviously helps bolster that that whole situation because you lose I mean, heck you just lose Becton for the year are you feeling comfortable about uh Brown and Mitchell I'm not I'm feeling real panicked at that point now all of a sudden you lose uh, let's say we lose Becton but you still have the rookie you still got the uh you still got Brown you still got Mitchell now I'm feeling like okay Little, little more confident in where we could be headed. Joe, anything else to add there? No, yeah, and, and, and with the draft too, it's just seeming that at pick thirteen, it's there's not really many other positions, right? It's like it's quarterbacks, it's D end heavy. There's some other spots, but the, the Jets have a need at tackle or receiver. And other than that, what else do we really need that seems to be like in, in the realistic realm that's going to fall to thirteen? It's not like, and again, I. If anything, go towards offense. But it's not like we're having discussions like we were in prior years where maybe, you know, there's like an Ed Oliver type player who could fall to 13. Mm -hmm. Or last year where you had guys, you know, you had Devin Lloyd who could potentially be an option at 13. There's really no other spots where I see the Jets going because there's the, the draft is just falls perfectly where it seems like there's going to be a tactical level. And again, people talk about the big three. I think there's another one rising. It seems like Darnell Wright is going to be in that conversation. And for the Jets, yeah. if he's a pick at 13, okay, I'm, I'm not mad at it. And yeah, he has to play right tackle, but that's fine because Beckton's played left tackle. Brown's played left tackle. You need a right tackle, so it's fun. And like, yeah, there is some, there is, I guess, some credence. So okay, left tackle is more important than right tackle, but it's so much more minimal than or than people make it out to be. Like, oh, right tackles don't mean anything. Right tackles are still really important. Like people talk about guard. Quentin Nelson made plenty of an impact the last couple of years. Like he's plenty good. So you know, getting a really good stud right tackle would be fine as well. So it just how the draft seems to fall right now. It seems like it's going to be a tackle or a receiver if Odell's not brought in. So I saw this comment pop up, and Brian, uh, thank you for the comment, says, Douglas has now met with John Michael Smith twice. If all three tackles are off the board, I feel the Jets move back to 19, select Schmitz, then gaining either another second or third rounder. I do, so from what I've heard, they've met three times or are planning to meet three times with John Michael Smith. So it's the, the combine, the senior bowl, and the top 30 visit is what I've heard. Uh, be reported. So I, I do think the Jets are dialed in on center in some capacity. It's just a matter of does he make it to whatever pick they have. And I do like the idea of trading down from 13. I don't necessarily have to take one of the top three tackles. Like Joe mentioned, uh, Darnell Wright is is up there. There's the the guy from uh, Ohio State that's absolutely gigantic, Dewan Jones. Um, you have the who's the there's a tight end that is also being projected possibly as a tackle too. Uh, Darnell Washington, maybe? Does that sound right? I think that's who it is. I know, I there's, like a, I know, there's, a, I know there's a Washington. I know he can block, but I don't think he's – at least from what I've heard, but again, very, very based on in this draft. I haven't heard him necessarily switching to tackle like legitimately. Okay. 
So then, yeah, that would be more of like a George Fant-esque situation where it's like a, a guy that has played tight end that would be switching to a tackle. Yeah, no, I want want a guy that's played tackle before. But yeah, I like the idea of trading down. And I like adding the extra pick because the positions that we kind of need, you're looking like safety, linebacker, center, you know, depth at guard. Like those types of positions are like heavy second through fourth round picks where you don't necessarily need to, to invest a ton in the 13 pick. Like if you think you could slide down, get your first, maybe get a center on the five-year contract and then really bolster the rest of the team using those mid-round picks. I, I could get behind that. Joe, how do you feel about John Michael Smith's the center or even just the idea of trading down and adding some more picks? Yeah, obviously you have to have two to tango with like trading down. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people reference trades and, oh, well, they could trade up or trade down. Well, to who? Do they want that pick? Like if we want to trade down, why do they want to trade up? It seems like the draft mm-hmm. isn't very top-heavy, so again, two to tango. Um, but if none of the tackles were there, they didn't want, they didn't like one of the tackles, would I be mad at them trading down a couple of picks, securing an extra second or third rounder and getting a, a, you know, a good center prospect who I think is at least going to be solid. And I know there's a conversation with like two or three other centers, maybe in that, in that type of range with, with JMS, but, um, yeah, I would be mad at, at trading down and filling and filling a hole. Um, but again, two to tango. So we'll, we'll see what happens. And again, hopefully they address it before the draft. Like, I don't want to go into the draft with a need at center, a need at tackle, a need at receiver. Like you want to go into the draft to get BPA, not filling holes. That's that's that you get caught with your pants down in, the, in those situations. And I know the jets, um, have been slow, but with this, with the free agency, again, Ben Jones is going to cost us what? Six, $7 million. Again, you can, you can fill safety for 2 million. You can see, say, uh, fill linebacker for 2 million. So there's a couple of moves. Uh, to be had out there that I think could fill in nicely for the Jets. But I think this Rodgers stuff is really holding stuff up and, and one of the reasons I want to get this deal done. Yeah, it's interesting because the the Rodgers contract is going to cost us like just under $16 million for for the year. The Jets are sitting at, I believe, $9.5 million right now. So you could still make some moves because when you draft your players, you're not giving them their contract immediately. You're, you're, you still got a little bit of, of grace period. And I believe we need four million, I think is the number I saw. Four and a half million to sign our draft class because, you know, even though it's eight million total, it like when you sign one guy, it bumps someone off the top 51 of the the roster. So you like a four million dollar contract ends up being a three million dollar contract. It, it's kind of screwy and goofy from a cap perspective. But um, I would like to see the center address beforehand. So that way you don't have to force yourself into any particular pick or, or situation. Uh, Matt, where do you stand on trading down from pick 13 and, and John Michael Smith's in general? I love him. He's my favorite uh, center in this class. I think he's someone who you can immediately start and have him be your center for the next 10 years and not have to worry about him. Uh, I'm okay with this if all three tackles are gone. Like, let's say, you know, the where, wherever they go. But all three are gone in front of the Jets. Then, okay, you move back. Uh, and maybe you you pull the trigger on him there at that spot at 19. I think you got to get in front of the Giants at 25. I think they are the first mm-hmm. team that I would worry about going center in the first round. So, uh, yeah, there's a world where this works for me. Yeah, that would be interesting. Hopping in front of the G-Men, stealing their center from them. That's, that's kind of where I, I see things going. That is the first team that really... Gives me the, the ah, oh, man, I really want the top guy. But if they're going to get the top guy, do I really want to trade up to get the top guy? Because I, I like a few center prospects in this class. I, if Joe Douglas loves one of them, then by all means, get the five-year contract, jump up to pick 24, see what you got to do. I'd love to see – actually, I'm going to look up that right now. I don't even know what the draft order is at that point in the draft. So teams that the Jets might hop up with – 
in front of the Giants. He was traded. Eh, Baltimore sitting at 22. That's an interesting play. Can we slide up to pick uh, what would be pick 21, I guess? <laughs> Miami forfeited it. We'll, uh, we'll just slot into there. It's the perfect trade down. They can forfeit our 13 pick. We'll take their second, <laughs> and we'll drop back. Be a perfect situation. I don't know. Uh, Alex drops in with another question that I thought was pretty interesting. He says, I know you guys like offensive tackle at 13, and I'm not sure Odell Beckham Jr. is a lock to be on the Jets, and I think JSN could absolutely be electric and put this Jets offense on another level. Thoughts? Um, I have come to the conclusion that I do not understand at all Ohio State wide receivers. I cannot, 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 cannot grade them. I could not grade Alave. I could not grade Wilson. I don't like JSN for whatever reason. It's just the speed does not seem to be there. But clearly, I'm wrong. So I'm, 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 I, I trust the draft gurus on on JSN on this side of things. I, I don't know, Joe. Have you looked at JSN at all? Do you do you like him? Talk, give me a little bit of like comfort here, because I feel like the speed is just it's not there i don't know if you necessarily need it for like the mm-hmm. routes he's running and everything but man yeah. i just talk to me yeah you you prefer to have like yeah the, the guy who could run a four three but at the end of the day like there are plenty of players out there who don't run four threes four fours and are really good players like you know i'm not comparing him one for one but keenan allen doesn't have a lot of athleticism he's a very good player mm-hmm. so uh i i haven't watched jsn individually but Obviously, I watched a lot of Justin Fields when he was coming out that year, and I watched, obviously, a lot of Garrett Wilson last year. And JSN popped up all the time. Like, I was very impressed by him, watch, like, watching him passively. So if you were to tell me right now he's a pick at 13, I, I wouldn't necessarily be mad. I know he doesn't have the best, like, explosive scores, but I'm pretty sure, like, his three-cone and stuff was pretty good, right? So he had, he's at least fluid. Um, so I think he's a very smooth player. I think he can play inside out um, from what I've seen. So uh, I wouldn't be mad at the pick, but past that, like the receiver class, from what I've seen from Addison and some of the other guys, um, the, uh, uh big boy, uh, Quentin Johnson TCU. from TCU, maybe yeah. he's a little mm-hmm. bit redundant with Alan Lazard. So maybe you don't draft him and he doesn't seem to be the best prospect anyway. So I think JSN would mm-hmm. probably be the only guy I would be okay with. Um, but this, this year just seems to be pretty weak in general in the draft. So it might be like, not as as highly touted of a prospect as a Garrett Wilson, but watching him passively, uh, I really like what I've seen from JSN. Matt, how do you feel about you know maybe not going with the tackle, going more JSN level? I think it'd be fun having JSN, Garrett Wilson, Lazard, and Hardman as your f- top four wide receivers. I think that has the potential to be a lot of fun. You're just putting a lot of stock in. Uh, Beckton and Brown and Mitchell and those guys to to stay healthy and play to, you know, their their fullest potential. Uh, there's a world where this happens, where they do take a wide receiver at 13. And I can't say that I'd be mad about it. I would just in the back of my head be like, all right, well, I just hope everything on the offensive line holds up now. Yeah, that's exactly where I'd be. It's almost like the like. Garrett Wilson was not expecting him being taken at 10 after we took sauce at four. I was thinking, oh, it's got to be an edge rusher. And I'm like, oh. Okay, well, let's see how the edge works out. Now I'm a little concerned, but it's all right, and it wound up working out just fine. Um, and I guess that's probably the same sort of situation. If you take JSN, you just hope that Douglas and the rest of the team stays healthy or is drafted well enough to be able to to make up for any insufficiencies that you think you may have there. Uh, Blitz Crew, I saw your comment in here. He says, I won't be shocked if we get a defensive tackle at 13. If we get Ben Jones, okay, with not trading up and drafting Weipler, or Whipler, or however you say his name, the, the center from Ohio State, the Jet fan. Um, I am interested in what Joe has to say about defensive tackle because 
I do think there is a possible situation that maybe Jalen Carter falls that far. And I'll be honest, I, I loved the talent for a while. And then, you know, the combine didn't really bother me so much. It was more so the pro day showing up out of shape and then like not looking great in drills. And now he's not interviewing with teams outside the top 10. Like that, that stuff sort of rubs me the wrong way. And I don't know if Cansey is high enough on my list to go at 13 right now. I probably have to watch more of him. I do like him, but I don't know, Joe, where do you fall on the defensive tackle at 13 possibility? Yeah, I think it'd only be Carter, but like there are some teams you're hearing rumored that he might be off their board. And like you said, like mm. does it actually formulate into something? I'm not sure. But like with 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 uh, Thibodeau last year, that was such a big talking point for everybody. But we kind of mm. saw it later in the year, like doing the Snow Angels and stuff. Like he doesn't necessarily uh-huh. like I don't like him as a person. So we don't, and you don't have to like him as a person necessarily for him to be a good player and be a good pick. But um, mm-hmm. Carter. With the you know the whole accident stuff, and then the fact that he came in out of shape to the pro day, and then on top of that, him not taking interviews outside the top ten. Now, is that a kid who's you know what 20, 21 years old getting bad advice from an agent potentially, mm-hmm. um, but still not necessarily a great look? But in a vacuum, is D tackle a massive need for the Jets right now? Of course, of course mm-hmm. it is. Um, you know, and just follow the breadcrumbs. Like they they've tried to invest in Campbell, they try to invest in Cox. So clearly, they want to put premium assets into that position. So it would be a consideration at 13, but you know, is Carter there? Would they even take him? I'm not, I'm not necessarily sure. And in this draft in general, just talking about like Douglas, I could, I could see him actually being maybe a little bit aggressive addressing some, some starter spots because you know, in prior years, like we needed to fill some depth, but this year we really just need starters to go for that Super Bowl run. So who's to say they don't take a tackle at 13 and then trade up for, you know, a, a defensive tackle, uh, you know, pair their second and their fourth to get a lockdown starter. So they might be a little bit more aggressive than people think they're going to be, but a D tackle at 13, I wouldn't guess so right now, unless it's Carter. But again, he kind of has turned me off a little bit. And again, if, if it doesn't turn anything, great, but it is a slight red flag, and I was kind of on the red flag uh, side of it with, with Thibodeau last year. I think you were as well, Ryan. Yeah, I, I Thibodeau just, he rubbed me the wrong way. I sort of get the same vibes from, from Carter, and I think I'd, I'd like to steer clear of that. But I do like the idea of of moving around and addressing starter spots because like if we're going all in on the you know winning this year let's go out and get the best possible guys for the slots that you need to fill so maybe that is defensive tackle tackle and uh center or something along those lines maybe they make aggressive moves for that and you fill in you know undrafted free agents or or late round guys with some of the other picks matt where do you fall in the the defensive tackle thought at number 13 and then you know maybe trading up in, in some capacity later on in the first yeah um i don't I also don't love Jalen Carter. I think there are maturity issues and it did bother me that he showed up out of shape for that, you know, private workout or the pro day. It's just like, that was your opportunity to show all these teams really what you're about. And he just looked really bad going through those workouts. I like uh, the the defensive tackle. I like in the first round is Kalasha Kansi. Uh, I don't know if you're taking him at 13, but if you're moving back and taking him, um, I would be okay with that. Um, and just for potentially trading up, it's it depends on what you're giving up for Aaron Rodgers, I think, here. Because in the past, the Jets have had so many picks where they could afford to uh, move up like what they did with AVT a couple of years ago and what they did for Brees Hall last year. Um, this year, I don't know if they're going to have that luxury. They might be in that trade back mode, but I'm good with staying put and taking uh, Whipler uh, in, in that spot. If if you don't want to move up back into the first round to grab 
uh, JMS. I think you're good with uh, landing him at 42. Adam comes in and says, best years of my life. Chiefs fan, can't wait to verse y'all. Yeah, I'm excited for this. Like, the Jets are going to get Aaron Rodgers, and now we can contend with the best teams in the league. Like, I I trust... Look, I'm I'm nervous about Pat, uh, Patrick Mahomes. And I'm nervous about Andy Reid. And I like I get that, but I trust our defense so much like against any quarterback in the league. I don't think I have that big of a fear if the Jets can play to a similar level. Maybe not the the exact same level we saw last year, but something similar. Give us top 10 defense and then you combine that with an Aaron Rodgers on the offensive side like I, the Jets are going to be favored in more games than not. Joe, where do you stand on on the prospect of the Jets facing top-tier AFC talent like the Chiefs? I'm just excited we'll actually be in the game. Like, there's been years right. in the past where we, we're playing the Chiefs, and it's <laughs> like, oh, we're going to get – hopefully we don't get blown out by two touchdowns, and it's actually interesting in the third quarter. So, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be fun to – and I don't know where you guys stand on, like, watching them in primetime. Uh, to me, it makes me a little bit more nervous to, to watch them because I know everybody else is watching them. I get, like, nervous about how they're going to think about the Jets, which in reality is very stupid for me to think like that, but it is what it is. It makes it a little, little easier for me to go at night, like at nighttime, though, in terms of my work because my work right now going at 1 o'clock – I have to take off the night before and the night after because I get quite banged up at Jets games. I'm not going to work that that night. So uh, night games would be a little bit more uh, uh, favorable to my schedule. But, you know, Monday night primetime game against the Chiefs week 14, like that's going to be a really fun game to, to be at. Instead of like, oh, well, again, maybe they'll make it interesting. So, um, yeah, it'll be fun to play the the uh, the Mahomeses of the world and the Herberts and the Josh Allen's and actually be able to to beat those guys. So I have confidence in the defense holding up with those guys. Now the offense is the question because you know Rodgers is great, but again, there's a lot of questions on offense right now: tackle, center, receiver. You know, uh, you know how quickly does Brees Hall come back? So I'll be more excited once they start pouring some more assets into that and actually start signing some free agents. Yeah, Joe. As far as primetime games though go, I want all of them. I want I want five. I want them to flex some games later on in the year. I want all the primetime games. I can sit back. I'll watch all the other games. It's great. When we have to do content after the one o'clock games, I miss all the four o'clock games. I don't see any of the eight o'clock games because I'm stuck here editing all my stuff. So for my own sanity, even though I got to be up till one in the morning now editing my stuff, I'd much rather see everything all together. Uh, in prime time because there is, there is a vibe around it right like when you go into the jets you know a home game it's an eight o'clock kickoff or an eight thirty kickoff or whatever the primetime games are i don't even remember anymore the last time we had a primetime game that wasn't a thursday game and it's just the, the stadium's buzzing when the jets are good and you have that nice cool fall air uh matt where do you fall on the uh the best teams going up against the best teams in the afc and the primetime games in general Give me Sunday at one o'clock on CBS. Oh, that's, screw you. That's my that's my sweet spot right there, baby. I love it. Get to the or if you're going to the game, you get to the parking lot nice and early in the day. You have a little breakfast, some you know maybe a breakfast cocktail or two uh, in the mix. I uh, I don't love the night games, but I understand there are going to be more night games this year. Um, it's it's what's going to come. Uh, hopefully. No more than three. I could do it three times. If we're going upwards of five plus times, like if we're this year's Denver Broncos or the Dallas Cowboys who are on primetime like every single week, it's going to Well, yeah, I don't – look, I, I I don't want Denver Broncos level like, oh, this is horrible to watch week in and week out. That would suck. That Like uh-huh. I want good football. <sighs> what do you think, Joe? You, you look like you got something the, to say. The, the, max, the max is six, right? Six primetime games I think you can have. Someone wow. told me five. I don't know if that's right. Maybe I'm wrong. 
I, I think got if you bad get news flexed, for you, it's going to be five or six. Oh yeah, it's, dude. It's going to be it's five or six. Rodgers, all the reasons that I'm, you know, yeah. championing for for hard knocks, dude. The NFL is thinking the same thing. They got money signs printed on their eyelids right now. Yeah, and on top of that, like you have a good division too. The Dolphins are are a good mm-hmm. team. The the Bills are a good team. So I expect to see them in in prime time at least five or six times. I prefer Sunday prime time, even though I haven't mm-hmm. been there and you know we we haven't had a prime time Sunday game since 2011. But being able yeah, to go to the parking years. lot, watch the one o'clock, watch the four o'clock uh, on mm-hmm. the bus we have in the flat screen is awesome. On um, Monday night, I'm not as much of a of a fan of it, but nonetheless, uh, it's at least nice to see the Jets in. Because like you said, I don't know when's the, when's the last time they put on Monday Night Football. Because I know Sunday, it's or Sunday night, it was 2011 versus the Pats. Monday night, I don't even remember. So it's kind of nice to yeah, be in sure. prime time in the, in the spotlight. And something about primetime games, I don't know about you guys, but those games always get a little bit more rowdy. So I feel oh, the next day, oh, yeah. but they're always so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because you got so much time to tailgate and booze beforehand, and then you go into the stadium, and you got these rabid fans that haven't seen a victory, and you know since halfway through last season, they're gonna be chomping at the bit. Ah, oh, I love it. I love it. I don't care what Matt says; he's wrong. He's just one wrong. o'clock. Matt, you got something crawling on your face. Oh my God, what's this? <clears throat> be there in a second. Oh, is oh, the Jets traded up. I am hearing the beat of that song in my sleep now. <laughs> I've been editing that for like a week and a half and just like on repeat, on loop, on loop. Boys, if you have not yet done it in the live chat, Matt's been dropping the link. It's also pinned in the live chat. Head over. The new Talking Jets channel is live. All our stuff is going to go live in July. Got some, got, got some, got some time, but we're pushing people over there, hoping to get monetized before we get to that point in time, and then we'll do all our talking jets panels at that point over on that channel. So if you want to get entered into all the giveaways, the T-shirt giveaway we're doing tonight, the the jersey giveaways we do on the stream, all that other good stuff, make sure you hit subscribe on that new YouTube channel and leave a comment on the only video that's there. You can leave as many comments as you want, and you get entered a zillion times. So literally just. Uh, you know, spam comments, nice stuff, good stuff, right? Like we, we want to see some, some positive uh, reinforcement here, drive some engagement towards the channel. Matt, uh, you excited for draft weekend? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready, dude. Uh, I am absolutely amped up to do it. We're at 115 subs on the new channel. Uh, there are 412 people watching now, so there's no reason that number can't skyrocket. Uh, it takes two seconds. It's free. And you're, we're going to be doing a lot of awesome content over there. Obviously, through the NFL draft and our coverage for the rest of the springtime, we'll be here. But new home for Talking Jets, a lot of fun content over there. I'm ready. 
I can't wait. You know what we should do? Guys in the chat, hit the subscribe button over on that other channel and come back and let us know what number you were when you subscribed and that, that went up. I love hearing that sort of stuff. And everyone that, that does that, let's, uh, Matt, can you write down those names and we'll, uh, we'll get them entered into the, they'll be like doubly qualified to all our stuff. Uh, as well. So make sure you you head over there. Aha! See, Lake Jet Fan says he was number 69, but that's a lie because we're at 100-something. Maybe We're well over that now. (laughs) We we have like 400 people in here. We should be able to get to at least 200 subscribers. Come on! Come on! I see you guys. Knifey Spoonie comes in with a super chat. Thank you, dude. Uh, he says, thoughts on running back two. I still like Michael Carter, but they seem to lose confidence in him. Was uh, was that mostly Mike LaFleur? Do you see Michael Carter or Bam having a bigger role next year? So, hmm. I think early on, there's a there's a, a good chance that we see Brees Hall IR'd for like maybe the first few weeks. I could see it maybe till week four unless they are feeling very confident on his leg. They're not going to want to rush him back because I do like Bam Knight. I thought he showed enough last year to warrant more touches. And I think in the in the situation where Brees is not starting immediately, Bam should be the starter with Carter as running back too. And I, they did bring back Ty Johnson. So I think, I don't know. I really like Michael Carter. I think I like him like more so for what he is in the locker room than maybe I like him for what he is or what he showed on the field last year specifically. Joe, where do you fall on the whole running back two and Michael Carter sort of situation? What's your thoughts on the running back room? Yeah, that's it's an interesting spot because what is Brees Hall? Like Brees Hall carries that that room, no pun intended. Um, mm-hmm. But is he going to be back at week four? Is when, is when is he exactly going to be ready? Did the Jets take it slow with him to have him ready, you know, or more ready for for the playoffs? Obviously, they get there first. But um, I was more confident. It's like I was more confident in some of the Jets players going into last year. But I also have, you know, we have Bam Knight into the room now, who, like, realistically, yeah, he was good last year, but for how many games? You know, it, and, and obviously a big part of that is the terrible offensive line he was running behind but he flashed for what is it the bears game vikings game or maybe another game or two it was like two or three, three weeks towards the end there yeah yeah so it's so it's not necessarily like a huge sample size so you have hope with him you have hope that michael carter could could bounce back but michael carter was a completely different player in 2021 and 2022 he, he was a very very good backup last year this year you're not even sure if you like him as a number two he just didn't look at the same guy he didn't break as many tackles his vision wasn't as good maybe he was fighting through some injuries Brees, a question mark. So there's a lot of question marks with that position. I expected the, the Jets to go into the draft. Like I, I'm of the mindset of every year you should draft a running back in the fifth or sixth round mm-hmm. because so many of them hit. Um, so, but with that being said, with Ty Johnson being back in the Jets now, do you do that? Probably not. So um, I think it's a group with a lot of upside, but with at the same point, a lot of question marks, especially early in the season. Yeah, Matt, where do you stand on the whole running back side of things? Like, do you feel that? We're, we're good where we're at. Who do you think is running back to? How do you think it shakes out come week one? Yeah, I think it's going to be a competition between Bam Knight and um, Michael Carter. I know a lot of people are down on Michael Carter, and deservedly so. He wasn't very good last year, but I'm not like all the way out on him. I think he showed me enough as a rookie where he deserves another look going into year three. Um, to keep it, Part of it's his fault, too, like for – just whatever reason he wasn't the same guy but the offensive line by the end of the year was just in horrendous horrendous shape so uh, i'm not willing to give up on him and bam i thought he looked pretty nice so i'm good with those three guys that you just listed off there to back up Brees. 
um, and maybe hold down the fort for a few weeks if Brees isn't like 100% for maybe the first month or so. I think they'll be have enough where you'll be able to sustain it and survive. I see an interesting comment in here from Rico the Pup. He says, you know what you guys should do? Get a decent grill and set up a Jets YouTuber station and air live before the games. Oh, that would be fun. We could be like, uh, what is it? Uh, WFAN, don't they do something at the at the games? I thought it was them. Could be wrong. I know they do some sort of radio show there. I would uh, say I don't have all the audio equipment and the lights, the cameras, all the good stuff, nor do I want to be focused on doing this when I could be having a beer with my good buddies, Matt and Joe. So that is why uh, I I turn myself off for uh, for the games. I don't tend to uh, f- film much content at all when I go. I should really get better at that. Joe, what do you think about like a YouTube-er station uh, at a Jet game? I would like a YouTuber station, but like just for us to crack a few beers together. Like I don't like I I love I love the viewers, I love the subscribers, all that stuff. But at a certain point, like I need to be in my own world and hang out with my own friends and not necessarily stream. I think I tried to do that in like 2015, and we did it one weekend. Like this sucks, man. Like let's just enjoy ourselves and play some cornhole, you know. So, um, yeah, I don't I don't really put out a lot of content on 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 game day. Like you were talking about after games, like editing content. Mm-hmm. I can't provide much analysis after I go to games because I enjoy myself. So uh, <laughs> hearing me at 10, 30 in the morning, 11 o'clock talking about football, it's you're better off just not listening because I'm going to be saying some stupid stuff. So I would like a YouTube station to, to hang out with you guys and Ryan and Matt, I would definitely like to crack a beer with you guys. I haven't, I've yet to do that so far. So, Ooh, well, it wasn't for a lack of trying there, Joe, you know, I did make it over to that bus. Your ass just went into the game. You're, you're, you're the dog. Last- you're the, no, I know. I pulled the text. <laughs> I can pull I know. text Ryan text me at like 12, 10. You still at the tailgate? It's like, no, I left, dude. So that was he goes, I'm cool. gone. So we'll make up for it this year, though. I see. I see you, how it is. Matt, what do you, you think about this whole show. YouTube you, thing at the parking lot and that all good stuff? Yeah, I like uh, more for the hangout side. Like, we could do – it would be like a show with a, just for ourselves. We're not, like, broadcasting to anyone. It'll be like Jet YouTuber hot takes because we're a few, you know, beverages in. Um, I like it, but – yeah, I think it'd be kind of tough to get the technology aspect. Like, I can't imagine the parking lot Wi-Fi at MedLife is very good. So, um, cool idea, but I don't see it coming through for uh, through fruition here. Yeah, I agree. That that's definitely. I enjoy the the fan side of being at the games, and like Joe said, I, I think the last two home games that we went to. So it would be the Ravens this year. It was the Patriots last year. I don't think I made a video after either one of those games because of the exact reasons that Joe said. I just enjoyed myself way too much, and I'm like, I'm not getting good analysis because I'm yeah. not doing the every throw that I normally do. Because usually when I'm doing the every throw, I'm watching the game in real time. I'm watching the game as I edit it and as I'm doing every single thing. So I've seen the game like five times by the time the game actually ends, and I can provide some decent analysis. When I'm drinking in the parking lot, no. <laughs> no analysis. <laughs> Nothing going on there. Yeah, Drives me. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, look at Hawk. Hawk's saying nice things in there. Alcohol is poison. Smoke weed, kids. <laughs> this is a family show. Uh, what else are you guys talking about there in the chat? Yeah, I'll, I'll get those questions after games. Like people, people, people will tag me. Be like, oh, did you see? Was that a cover four box or a cover four of this? I'm like, dude, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I can't tell you right now. You got to give me a day or two. So, like, at a certain point, you, you have to be like a fan too, you know. So, um, that, that kind of applies for the draft. That's why I don't really stream for for day one. I stream after mm-hmm. it. But 
at a certain point, I got my buddies who I've been going there with for years who, you know, want me to be Joe and not Joe, you know, the Jet X Factor doing all that mm. stuff. So, um, yeah, tailgates are, 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 is our time, you know? Yeah, that that's kind of almost the reason why I haven't tried to, like, stream games is because I've I've really enjoyed watching and focusing on the game, and it's tough to, like focus on that like with the draft it's fun with like all of us bouncing around because we're, we're still watching as we go and the, the analysis between each pick isn't quite as important as the discussion that happens between like maybe the fan base or whatever with a game you kind of gotta be like dialed in to to yep. know anything and a lot of times i mean when does the all 22 come out that's usually not for two days after or do you, you might get it earlier joe Unless you have some connects, I have. I, I that's the only area where I'll say I have a connect. I have connect for the film. So as soon as the game is over, it comes out. Um, if you're a subscriber to like NFL Game Pass, if you if you're a subscriber to like NFL Game Pass, I think it's usually on Tuesday. But uh, I think for Jets games at one o'clock, it's usually by like seven or eight o'clock that night. Uh, the same. same oh, that's so cool. Out, so that's so cool. I ain't that's the only connect. There's no sources or there. nothing. It's just a connect. Just, just, <laughs> I got I have, no sources. I, I got no connects. I'm sitting here like the rest of you. Uh, goons in the chat matt you got any connections i want some connections not anything good like that i would love it i'm a bum waiting for game pass and half the time they don't even come out with the all 22 you just have to watch the broadcast angle what what a shitty product game pass is by the way i don't want to say anything negative about an nfl product but man it's like i would say this past year i noticed it being better than in years past i guess what now it's nfl plus just rebranding a you know slapping a new name on it but i don't know i i i love the all 22 stuff when you can actually see it but by the time like i get to it everyone's already got all their stuff out on it. i'm like well i'm not even gonna waste my time i'm not even very good at film review joe's got all the words he's got nouns and adjectives for days different steps throw throw some words at me joe some cool things that i don't know about just rattle off some cool like words that you stop can. step drive step cover four box cover three lag cover three buzz like yeah no there's there's some stuff we, we can get we can get into a lot of technical stuff so <laughs> a lot of people hate it but it is what it is um so uh yeah yeah so that's that's where you get with with my channel is the, is the terminology that nobody cares about <laughs> yeah guys if you don't know this i really gotta get better at this joe blew it so you guys he's been here all night his channel is linked down below in the description. Jets X Factor. He's one of the, the great guys that provide content over there. His Twitter handle's down there as well. If you want to see him make fun of me occasionally on Twitter, definitely head over there. He'll fire some shots off at me. I see how it is. I, I get it. I get it. But he's got some great analysis, some good one-liners. So make sure. All like the film review stuff that I watch, it's that guy right there. Like, I'll sit there. He might do like a two-hour breakdown on like, you might think it's a random player, but I'll eat my popcorn and I'll sit there and I'll just watch Joe for hours on end it is absolutely awesome joe is there a particular position that you like breaking down more than another position uh i would say i'm the most comfortable with receiver and corner just because like in the early years of like doing jets x factor and even when i did toj i linked up with marcus coleman who played the nfl for 10 years so we talked mm-hmm. a lot about um receivers and, and corners that's the most um, those the most like comfortable position for me but i enjoy everything like a nasty offensive lineman or whatever maybe i just i just enjoy watching good players and maybe that's because i've been a Jets fan for so long i'm so used to just shit product that watching somebody good it's like exciting so but yeah i would say overall just corners and receivers is, is i would say my main area um that i'm the most comfortable with Ooh, i see radio cast in there saying what's the new youtube channel called oh radio cast talking jets so you can go to youtube.com at talking jets and it should uh should pop up 
It's also pinned in the live chat, and Matt's been blasting it in the chat. He might get banned by Nightbot for spamming soon. It's so I might. so great. Every three, <laughs> every two minutes. That's it. <laughs> He's got the timer down. He knows exactly where that threshold is to know whether or not uh, he's going to get flagged there. Um, let's see. Lee says, I will miss 1 p.m. games combined with having a blast through the game. Example, Yukon. I did not watch any of March Madness. Joe, are you a March Madness guy at all? No, I, I, I struggle with the college. I like the atmosphere of college um, sports, mm. but you watch it and like guys are like missing the open layoffs. My guy, the product's just not. It's like the players are, aren't as good, and especially with the Jets stuff. I'm sure you guys are like this too. Like I know Matt has this Islander stuff and whatever. I'm, I'm not sure if you do Met stuff as well, Matt. But I know you do a lot of other stuff, and like it's so hard to invest yourself in so many like so many sports because the football stuff takes me forever to do the film reviews. So then am I watching college mm. basketball too while watching them? Like I think right now, literally, maybe the games are over, but I think the Mets, the Devils. And the Nets are all at the same time. Now college basketball on top of it, I just, I just can't do it. So it's mainly the more the, the major four sports I pay attention to. Yeah, I, I've I've found myself struggling between like my work, like when I'm in season, which actually works out to be the majority of like not football season. Um, you know, I'm, I'm invested in work and I'm not really paying attention to a lot of the baseball that's going on. I'm not paying attention to as much of the hockey. I've been getting more into hockey in recent years. Um but I do not know <laughs> baseball, basketball, or hockey the way I remotely, like even 5%, I would say I don't know 5% of those sports the way I know, you know, football. Matt, do you kind of find yourself uh, struggling with with that sort of stuff? I know you you kind of branch out a little bit more than I do. Yeah, it's tough though. I mean, when you invest this much time into one thing, like the Jets thing, that's like my main thing. The Islanders mm -hmm. podcast is more of a side hustle, but I just do it because I, I love it. I would love to do Mets content too. I just, there's not enough hours in the day and i have to get <laughs> some sleep people always ask like do you ever sleep i'm like not really no um but yeah it's it's tough i really my sports are uh baseball hockey and football i'm not really a huge basketball fan although i did watch significantly more of the uh women's run because i could not mm -hmm. get enough of caitlin clark she was electric uh and then that final game uh, against lsu i thought was uh entertaining so uh, I watch more of the women's tournament than the men's, if I'm being completely honest with you. Oh, that's all right. That's fine. I got no issues with that. I'm going to have uh, little Shay. Hopefully she becomes some type of, uh, I, you know, I, I having a kid, I want to root for like some type of sport. I don't care what the sport is, but like I feel really awkward if she winds up being into violin and I have to go into a violin recital or or performance with my face painted. Like I'm going to look like the weird dad holding up a sign saying, go. <laughs> like I, my daughter is not going to have any peace and quiet at anything she goes she does in her life, regardless of whether it's sports or not. But I, I hope she goes sports. So I, I feel a little more at home. Oh, what are we at? Oh man, we got 27 minutes left. 27 minutes left in the broadcast. Matt, how many subscribers are we up to on that channel? Uh, I'm going to refresh right now. We're doing pretty good number. 164. That's pretty good. All right. All right. Kind of close. We're at 360 in this stream. All you got to do is click the pinned comment. Leave a little sub. A little bit of love. Can you, can you, can you see oh, it on my screen right there? Oh, look at that. Oh, blew oh, it. Hold on. Did I? Hold oh, on. Oh, he clicked the bout. There we go. There it is. He subscribed. Yeah. I think am I? I think I subscribed. I'm pretty sure. I, I should probably check that before I, <laughs> I start telling everyone else to subscribe. Matt, did you subscribe to our channel? Yes, I did. I was number one. I, I was gonna say I think I was number two, and I sent it to my brother, and I was like, "Hey, Kev, look, we're going to do this," and he's just like, 
Number three. I was like, ah, Let's makes go. me excited. Makes me excited. Uh, all right. Let me let me take a look at the chat here. See what we got going on. I, I wind up going sideways at this point in the night. King Blaze says, I love the stinking Jets. <laughs> so do we. Yep. 1189 Paris says, the Brewers are arguably a playoff team. I don't care. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I, I should really read these before I like throw there's, them on screen. They're stomping the Mets right now. That's why. Oh, really? That bad? But yeah. The Mets just get bit by the injury bug, dude. It sucks because I, I, I don't consider myself a big baseball fan. I consider myself more of a, a New York fan. So I, my dad was a big Mets fan. So I, I don't know. I, I kind of fall in in the either or category. I've just been to more Yankees games. Um, I want to see them do well. I get excited when they do well, but unfortunately, uh, the injuries just keep piling up for them. Uh, okay. John says Halloween game. Aaron Rodgers wears a fur coat with sunglasses on the sideline. Do we have a Halloween game this year? Is that like a? Does that does fall, fall on a Sunday? Sunday? Yeah, let's I, I have no okay. idea. I thought let's, Halloween. Let's see. Oh no, I could have been schedule. before. The no, Patriot game was. It's a Tuesday. It's a Tuesday. Okay, so the lead up to the Halloween game is what John's saying. Okay. Um, I'm hoping. Actually, Joe, I want to hear from you before I say this. Do you hope that uh, Rogers wears 12, or you hope that like that stays retired? What? Where do you stand on this? I was just gonna bring that up. I don't like. I, and I am like an aesthetics guy. Like I like jerseys and stuff. I don't really mind too much either way. And there are people who like believe in that curse with Namath. Like maybe him unretiring the number breaks the curse and all that stuff. But twelve or eight, twelve or eight, I'm I'm fine. I'm fine with with either. Like for the for the older Jets fans, maybe they don't want like the number twelve tarnished by Rodgers if he doesn't win in it or whatever. So I understand that. But I'm, I'm cool with with twelve or eight. I would say I'm probably leaning more towards eight than twelve. But either either way, I'm fine. Yeah, I, I'm kind of like, I I feel like eight feels like an odd number to see Rodgers in. Like, I, I don't know. Is he allowed to pick like 21, like for the dyslexic people out there? Maybe <laughs> that's a good, uh, good middle ground. I love the idea of Namath coming out with like a chest or something and he opens up the briefcase and shining up out of it. Kind of like the, the jersey reveal is the... Uh, the the old school white jersey with the number twelve with Rogers stitched across the back and now the Jets alternate for this year is those throwback whites oh that would get me all sorts of fired up I'm just gonna lose my cool because I, I you know everyone's been saying the nameth curse curse forever I don't think the guy's gotta die I'm hoping we could pull the jersey out, <laughs> out of retirement and accomplish the same thing. But I get it. I, I I understand. I think there was a comment made by Rogers during the McAfee show where he said something along the lines, or no, it wasn't even the McAfee show. It was uh, the Brandon Marshall interview where he's saying like, oh, you know, you can't be a great player with just one year there or one whatever. Mm-hmm. And it and he's like, you know, you kind of got to honor the people that came before it and 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 whatnot. So that leads me to believe that he's going to say, thanks, Joe. I really appreciate it. That's your number. It's going to stay that number. I'm going to wear my own number, which like Joe mentioned, number eight was the number that Rogers wore at Cal when he was in college. Matt, have you changed your opinion or how do you feel about the number 12 and Rogers possibly wearing that? I'm good with it. I think it'd be cool on opening day for like the two of them to be out there on the field in the number 12 jerseys, get a picture. The crowd goes nuts. I, I'm I'm about it. But if not, I guess number eight would be the one that makes sense. It would be so weird to see Rogers in another number that's not 12, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely where I, I fall as well. I don't want I'm 21. 
I'm I don't. Sorry. I don't like. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited new... for him coming out of the tunnel that first day. Like, I don't know if you guys are gonna be there opening day, but when they when he oh, first yeah. runs out and it's, you know they're gonna do it, like, and you're starting quarterback Aaron Rod. It's like, oh, I cannot. Ah! Regardless of twelve or eight, it is what it is. You know. So yeah. Oh, dude, well, the, the rush of emotion that's gonna happen that game when he comes running out of the tunnel is gonna be absolutely electric. And for those of you guys that don't know, we have for the last two years, because obviously there was uh, some stuff going on before that where we could not attend. Um, but we've gone to the home opener each of the last two years, and uh, I have bailed on Joe Blewett both those years um, instead of shotgunning a beer with him and instead of hung out with my good buddy Matt and Greenbean uh, over there. So I think if all things work out, we should plan to uh, to be there for either week one or week two whenever the home opener eventually ends up being. Joe, you got a big shitty grin on your face. What you got? I'm just so disappointed in you. Um, so you're you're gonna you're gonna come. Uh, we get there at 7:50. Our, our rule is you either take a shot or shotgun at 8 o'clock in the morning. So if you can't okay. handle it, you can, just tell, you, you can just tell me, Ryan, you can't handle it. And that's the reason you're not coming. But um, I actually just purchased season tickets, uh, so I'll be there Ooh. for every game for the most part. Um, I mostly go to, go to every game every year anyway, but I just got mm. season tickets in the, for in uh, I, I, Section 20 something. I forget what it is. Um, mm. And then past that, the home opener – Either depends. I, I kind of want it to be like the Pats at home on a, a night game just to whoop their ass because we haven't beat them in how many years? Eight mm-hmm. years now. Or I'm going to Dallas as well. So I would like Dallas to be the, the, the opener if, if it's not with the Jets. So Jerry World would be would be nice for week one. I've seen a few people hope for the uh, the 9-11 game with Jets-Giants. That would be kind of a, like a cool Monday night game to, to go into. Yep, I don't want to lose like the Giants home opener on Monday night though with Aaron Rodgers. That would be like a real kick in the pants to, <laughs> to start the season off. Not that I think I think the Jets should be favored in that type of matchup, but uh, I don't know. Matt, is there a particular uh lineup you're hoping to see maybe week 1? Yeah, I'm I'm all in on that uh New York versus New York on Monday night football mm. for September 11th. I think that'd be a really cool storyline. Uh if not Anything Sunday at one o'clock is fine with me. Give me, give me Houston and let's put fifty on them. How about that? I like the sound of that. Let, we call it the powder puff game, right? It's the one that you do before <laughs> your, or it's your homecoming game, right? Like, yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. get a, uh, a nice little fluffed up uh, team you think you could steamroll over, and then you get the fans all juiced. I love that idea. That sounds really good. Robert Sal's brother was was in one of the towers prior to them coming down, so there is a, a lot of storylines revolving around that. Um, although I think maybe some of the Rogers comments might make that go a little sideways as well. So maybe they say like, eh, let's not put him on the big screen on that particular day. Let's maybe push him over to maybe it's the, you know, uh, Sunday night game or something along those lines. We'll kind of see where that goes. Blitzcrew hops in. What's up, dude? He says, I know, or I know, I now, I think it means I now have weekends free from work now. Season tickets, any recommendations on what level to buy? I actually like Joe's recommendation, or he didn't say recommendation, but we got season tickets in the 200s. I actually really like that. My dad and I had season tickets in the 300s, which I loved. I'm a big fan of standing up over top of, like, not standing over top, but, like, being able to see the bird's eye view of the whole stadium. I think that's that's actually a really cool vantage point. But more so than that, if you have season tickets, go under and when it's raining, you're not getting dumped on in, in horrible weather. So, it, Joe, is that kind of why, what drew you towards the 200s? Yeah, it's, it's really where my friends are. Um, but, mm-hmm. yeah, being at that being at that Jaguars game and the Bears game last year were, were miserable. 
Um, for my record, I, like I think the best seat in the house is either is either fifty yard line first first row in the three hundreds or fifty yard line first first row of the second level fifty yard line. I think those are the best. Now, like I'm more close to the end zone in the two hundreds. It's like pretty close. So, like when they score right there, it's very very exciting because like you really feel it when you're right by the end zone. But mm-hmm. when they're you know down at the other team's twenty, you have no idea if the running back just got two yards or twelve yards. It's just so hard to tell with, with like the depth perception. So. Um, um, I would say the best seat in the house is probably 50 yard line, 200 level, um, first first row. So uh, if you can afford that, that's you know I don't know I, I don't want to get into Blitz Cruise uh, wallet. It's, it's it's quite hefty there, but um, good luck to you if you if you can. That's that'd be a great spot to sit in. Matt, what about you? Have you ever considered or, or where you would want to be? Maybe if you had season tickets. Well, my favorite place to sit for any game is up a little bit, but like right at either the 50 like so 50 yard line. Mm-hmm. 300 level uh center ice 300 level behind the plate in the upper deck like i just like the bird's eye view and where you could look out and like see everything from like Mm -hmm. a perfect vantage point um so that's what i would do i honestly like being up a little bit rather than being ground level because i feel like sometimes you miss some stuff because of like the angle in a way yeah you almost see like the like people going like side by side as opposed to like seeing where lanes open up like i remember watching as a kid and being like my dad would be like he's open he's open you're looking like all the way down the field and you see like or you see like the the line open up before the running back even goes through the hole and you're like oh it's about to happen and then there's that anticipation moment like i always love the crack of the bat or like the shot from a three-point you know the three-point line and there's that anticipation of like what's about to happen and i feel like you kind of get that as you sit a little bit higher up Uh, now i mean i guess you get that with a long bomb you're throwing the ball and you have that anticipation but uh, that sort of stuff gets me excited all sorts of fired up um blitzkrieg where do you where are you looking any any particular spot i didn't i don't know if i uh saw you comment in there blitzkrieg let us know where you're kind of looking i see duncan says 246 a is where he's sitting row two i was section 327 second to last row nosebleeds baby my back was almost on the concrete <laughs> i had buddies that sat with their backs to the concrete one row back and i'd, I'd hop up there every now and then but man it's, uh, it's nice. It's fun when you throw a paper airplane that high because you have the optimal amount of space in the stadium to be able to throw it. I've had one go on the field. I probably shouldn't say that on air because I'll probably get in trouble, but that's all right. Sorry. Banned for life. Banned for life. No more Jets yeah. talk, guy. This guy's out of here. No! <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, I don't know. I got to come up with uh, an alias to get into games then. That would suck. Pierre Thomas says 200 club chicken tenders or where it's at. Ooh, I am a big chicken tenders guy. I like I, I like the chicken wing, but there's a time and a place for chicken wing versus chicken tender. Chicken tender, I don't want to have to uh you know, get everything all gloppy. I like or chicken wing, I don't you know, I don't want to have to get everything all gloppy. I like like myself the chicken finger. Chicken tender, tender finger, whatever. Joe Blewett. Chicken wing, chicken tender. I, I think there's a time and place for both, like you like you said. Like if I went to a if I went to a to a Jets game after picking up beer and being, you know, picking up footballs and all that stuff. Do I want to necessarily put a chicken wing in my mouth that I'm grabbing? Not necessarily. You know, if I'm drunk, I really don't give a, you know, give a crap, but that's a story for a different, for a different day. Um, but yeah, it, it depends on the situation. The Jets don't have the worst, like uh, chicken tenders at their spot, but again, it's like $13. So it's kind of not necessarily <laughs> worth it, but when you're drinking, who cares about the price? Um, and speaking of chicken wings, I still have to try the sauce, uh, the sauce wing stuff. I've oh, never tried that yet. Sauce sauce. I've got my sauce, sauce sauce. Got it. 
There you go. Yeah, it's, I, it's right over here. It's like there a sweet go. barbecue or something, teriyaki. I don't, I don't know exactly what it is, but I got I to gotta try it apparently. So Yeah, dude, it's like, uh, bam, sauce gardener, sauce sauce. Still sealed. Does it have a description on it? It's probably got a story. Uh, everything's better with sauce. How does it say? Okay. Wings, pizza, chicken, sandwiches, tenders, fries, and of course, defenses. Can you imagine being like, hey, yo, buffalo. <laughs> Throw some sauce on you. Or I guess it would be our defense, right? Uh, I'm such a fan of sauce. I collabed with Buffalo Wild Wings to create a new sauce. It's called Sauce Sauce. A little sweet, a little heat, and a little smoke. You're going to love it. I hope to see you at B-Dubs this football season. I did get to see uh, Mr. Sauce over there. Uh, it was awesome. Very cool. And the sauce is actually like pretty tasty. It's actually a combination of two of their sauces that they already have, so you could kind of make it yourself. Um, this one's not getting open because I was like, oh, this is kind of like a memento right now. So got to go to uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. Sauce sauce. Sauce. What else are you guys talking about in here? <laughs> Blip, Blitzkrieg sounds 200 club, 50 yard line <laughs> going to be priced. Mmm, uh, tenders. <laughs> does your mom cut them up for you too? Like, how does that work? Ryan? Do you, you know what? I've got up? frozen. I got <laughs> frozen tenders on lock in the freezer right now. I've got some general sow sauce, and I'll throw that in the the air fryer. If you guys don't have an air fryer, let me tell you, the air fryer is where it's at. Do you have like the tray one, or do you have like th there's one that's almost like a drawer kind of looking thing? Uh, I've got the I have a drawer one. I've got like mine a basket like, looking. It's like, like a toaster. Yeah, mine's like a basket. Yeah, yeah. Mine like flips open. It's like a grill. One you could have a grill setting, or you could have an air fryer setting, and you put the oh, basket mine, in. Mine's like uh, looks more like a, I guess convection oven. No, convection oven's the wrong term. Like more like a toaster oven is kind of what mine looks like. It's it's a little odd because like I was thinking I would make like French fries and stuff, and I don't really do that quite as much. But dude, air fryer where it's at, slice of pizza or like. Chicken tenders, basically where I'm getting at. I have chicken tenders in my freezer right now. General Sow sauce, like one of my favorite lunches. I'll throw three or four tenders on there. And yes, I do cut them myself, Matt. It's delightful. Um, I could ask Becca if she would do that for me, but she she might yell at me. She might say, no, Ryan, you can do your own things. It's that. And that. my other go-to snack is the, uh, I've got, I don't know if it's, DiGiorno's or whatever, but the, one of those frozen pizza companies makes a stuffed crust pizza, and I'm like, ooh, I don't have a Pizza Hut anywhere near me, and I want some stuffed crust, and it's like a solid no. four out of ten you, on like the pizza scale. <laughs> you can't. Oh no, no, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying it's high up there. I'm saying no, I want some stuffed crust though. No, if you live in New York or New Jersey, you can't be going to Pizza Hut or Domino's. That's like, oh, well, no. Do, show yeah, me a pizza place I, that gives me stuffed crust. I'm Ugh. There's pizza all the time for okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. In a one square mile of me that are great. Muted. Get muted. Get out of here. Joe's muted. What a jerk. Can I use my powers to unmute him? That was. You're muted. Boom. Look at that. I have the power. All right, where I was going with this is every Wednesday is Pizza Wednesday over at the uh where i work so eh, literally every wednesday i'm going to a pizzeria and i'm getting legitimate pizza not the stuffed crust variety that i have in my freezer that's my my little fix of uh pizza hut without having pizza hut stuff as you guys were so rudely putting thinking i'm not a new yorker or a new jersey and eating some sham of a pizza that's all right 
I don't have any any hate towards you guys, except uh, now I feel a little lonely because now I'm <laughs> trying to hold a conversation with two frozen pizza. Pizza. Two frozen people. See, this is what happens when I start rambling about stupid stuff like this. But I, wa- I want to hear from Joe. What, what were you, you, you were about to say something very mean towards me. What were you going to say? I just love the fact that you were so excited to freeze to freeze us, and then like 30 seconds into it, you're like, ah, oh, crap, what am I going to talk about for the next 30 Duh, seconds? I got so, nothing to say. Order, or, <laughs> Microwaving pizza or ovening pizza when you live in New York, New Jersey. Unless, again, you are – it's 3 o'clock in the morning and you come home from a bar and there's nothing open. Okay, fine. But where I live, again, there's like 30,000 restaurants or pizza places within you know one square mile. So there's plenty of good options. Um, oh, so dude, I'm I, in the shame, shame on you, Ryan. <laughs> I've got, I, my closest like pizza place is like a few miles away for sure. Like not even – I mean, not, not far. Oop, I muted Matt. Sorry, hold on. Let me get Matt back in here. Oh, I'm back. Sorry, dude. I muted you. That's okay. I just said that was awful. I wouldn't want to be in a place where you're miles and miles away from a pizza place. That sounds terrible. Well, it blew my mind. So Matt lives on Long Island. Joe's in a, Joe's a Jersey guy. I, like, I have a few buddies that went to college with me that live on Long Island. They're like, oh, yeah, no, that other guy that is our roommate, he lives you know, five towns over, five miles away or whatever the hell you guys do on Long Island. And I'm sitting up here in Bumble, you know, truck nowhere. And I'm like, five miles? That's how I get to school. <laughs> like, how is, how is that like? Dude, the distances are yeah. so drastically different compared to like when you go like Long Island to like the sticks like I am out here. Crazy. Yeah, five, five miles is probably like three towns away. You're right. That's... I don't know. Is it's it really? I was being. Summer. I was like trying to be like. Oh, no, Sarcat. Damn. No, it's probably probably just about. But like, also, wow. there's so many like late night pizza places, like R.I.P. and Peace, Mr. Maselli's, or uh, mm. I forget the other one in uh, R.V.C. That was a good drunk pizza place. But yeah, you can't be doing Domino's or Pizza Hut. You're like the you know, the Office episode. Michael Scott, my favorite New York slice is Sabaros. Like you can't be doing that. <laughs> I'm not saying my favorite slice is a stuffed crust slice from the freezer. It's not what I'm saying, but I do certainly enjoy it, (laughs) especially when I'm sitting at home and I don't want to leave the house. When you're making YouTube videos all day and you're like, oh, I just need something that's not going to crunch on live stream. It's a nice frozen pizza on the the table right there. So Blitz Crew, Chicken Fingers, I'm about it. My frozen slices, you guys can all kick rocks. I don't care. All right, where are we at? Where are we at on that subscription train, Matt? What are we looking at? Uh, the number of subscribers we are at, we'll do a quick little refresh. 183. Oh, come on, we got oh, 184. I just hit refresh on it. Come on. Got to get us up over 200 right now. Ooh, Hennessy says Ryan's favorite Mexican place is Taco Bell. That's definitely not true. I'm not a Taco Bell guy, believe it or not. Like, oh. I love my fast food, but dude, there's a there's a Mexican joint like in the town that I'm from that I love. I'm big on Mexican food. But for some reason, I, I love the Crunchwrap Supreme. I'm a big Crunchwrap Supreme guy, but outside of that, like, I'm not a big Taco Bell guy. I'd rather rather go to like a like a place with all the ambiance. Like I'd rather sit down at like a nice uh Mexican place than like order fast food mexican joe where you stand on the uh the taco bell stuff 
Yeah, we are not eye to eye at, at all tonight. Uh, Taco Bell is my is my spot. It was actually very very close, and, and honestly, it, you know, the context of the vows, but it was very very close to being in my vows. But somebody else mentioned it in their vows, like like a couple months before I, I made mine. So Taco Bell is my guilty pleasure. Uh, I, I love Ooh, the cheesy wow. burrito crunch and ordering some Taco Bell. So uh, we are just not not on the same level tonight, Brian. So shame on you. In- interesting, interesting, Matt. Where do you fall on Taco Bell stuff? I hate to align with you on a food take because they're so terrible usually, but I'm not a, ta- I'm not a Taco Bell guy. Uh, I'm just, I'm not, I, I fully admit, like, I know Chipotle isn't real Mexican food. Like I could admit that, but if I'm going to do f- like fast food for a Mexican, like Chipotle is my go-to. I, I know that Chipotle and Taco Bell are different, but I just, no, Taco Bell is trash. I'm pretty sure we've gone off the rails. We got six minutes left, which is totally fine with me. And for these last six minutes before we pick our T-shirt winner for tonight, I'm totally going to uh, blast the chat with some horrible food takes right now. Uh, Hennessy says favorite burger place McDonald's is what he's claiming my favorite no. burger is. I actually, I be- you know which one I really White like Castle. is um, – oh, I, I enjoy White Castle. They're not you my would. favorite burger, but no, well – I don't have anyone near me. The closest one is Patterson, and they got bars on the windows. That shit scares me. <laughs> I'm not going to White Castle. Um, but I uh, I really like uh, – there's a there, – the, have you guys ever – well, Matt, probably not. Uh, probably not Joe either. There's a – the Blue Ale House is on 23. They make a uh, – two different burgers. There's like a Texas toast burger with like pepper jack cheese and stuff and bacon and an egg on it. And then there's another one, the Jersey Burger, that's got <sighs> pork roll. Joe, pork roll. I know you it's like pork, pork roll. roll. I know it's pork, it's pork roll. roll. It's, it, it's got Taylor ham and the burger and an egg on it, and it's delicious. That mm-hmm. would probably, if I had to pick a burger joint, I think that's probably, that would be my go-to. I'm not a big McDonald's burger guy. I mean, they're they're fine for, <laughs> for what they are, but I'm never going to be like, oh, I need a burger. Mickey D's. You yeah, no, there's, there's plenty, there's, there's plenty of better, a better spots for, for burgers, especially around me too. Like, again, you're in the boondocks apparently, but I have a thousand mm-hmm. restaurants by me. Um, so yeah, uh, McDonald's is not, is not the answer for a, a burger, um, near, near me. So I rather like, I, I think Chick-fil-A just wins the fast food. It just wins. It just wins. Chick-fil-A, if you're listening and you feel like sponsoring a particular YouTube channel, I've got a few that you can sponsor because I would <laughs> love me some Chick-fil-A sandwiches. They are bar none. My favorite fast food joint. I could, If I had that anywhere remotely close to me, I would be a very, very heavy Jets Talk 24-7. This, ch- this plane wouldn't be taken <laughs> off. <laughs> I got to get some shocks on this damn chair. I, dude, waffle fries. Ugh. Oh, tenders so nuggets chicken sandwiches i don't care what it is anything from chick-fil-a is absolutely amazing uh i see you guys saying some cheese steaks in there pizza steak is a pizza steak a thing i've never heard of that no i don't know what that is i don't yeah i don't know hawk is yeah. saying uh pizza steak greater than cheesesteak we used to, so when i was up in school we used to do a midnight philly cheesesteak run occasionally once a year it was like i was a part of like a car enthusiast club up in up in binghamton and one of the cruises that they would go on would be from binghamton which is like an hour north of scranton it would be like a three-hour run down to philly to go get philly cheesesteaks in the middle of the night so kind of cool interesting yeah talk about burgers i had an interesting one in chicago and i went there actually so when the jets played the packers we went to uh chicago first and there was it was a jersey burger but the bread was grilled cheese so it was grilled cheese burger burger 
pork roll, egg, grilled cheese. It was way too much before a game, but it was absolutely um, delicious. And then I proceeded to eat that and then go to the Bears game in a Winnie the Pooh costume, which I was surprised I didn't get beat up, but it was a bet against one of Matt's – I forget his last name, Matt something. And uh, if the Jets were, I think, were three and two by by week five, I had to wear a Winnie the Pooh costume. So I was, I was lucky I didn't get jumped in Chicago walking in the stadium in Winnie the Pooh. So <laughs> – I love wearing costumes. I don't think I've ever worn one to a jet game. I've had my face painted green and white. I actually, I got pulled over with my face painted green and white. I had green and white teardrops. It was the year the Jets, oh, was it? It had to be the year before they got Favre, I think, is what happened. And the cop pulls me over and he goes, you going to the game? <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm going to the game. All right, keep it under 75. Whoop. Keep it going. Next, next time uh, I see you guys, remind me. I'll, I'll hook you guys up with some with some cards. So, oh, I got a gold card. Yeah. I never, uh, I never, never, never use it. I wind up. I so I've got a WRX, and usually when I get pulled over, they're like, "Oh, this guy's just some ass in a sports car." And I'm like, "I'm not even gonna give out the PBA card because it doesn't matter. They're just they're gonna say, oh, you've been getting out of tickets. You're getting a ticket this time.' So I found that it just works better not to give it out. I don't know, Joe. Let me know. What do you, do you uh, do? when you get when you get a PBA? It's debatable. It's it's really it's really easy to just put it under your license and just hand it to them. You know, you don't have to, you don't have to say anything. Mm. So it's pretty, Subtly, it's pretty easy. Just, just that's what that's what I do with my cousins. Just put them together. If they want to do mm-hmm. anything, great. If not, whatever. I'll bite the bullet. Dude, you either have to incur, encounter a very just an asshole cop to 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 write a PBA card, or you have to be doing something very 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 stupid. So it depends. My dad. Uh, so both my parents used to be police officers, and my dad used to take the PBA card when he got it, and he'd like either send it back to the officer or where, like if he if he recognized the name or something like that. Um, and then it was kind of like, a, ooh, you gotta be careful giving out your card to this person that's uh, getting pulled over and doing stupid stuff. That's usually, I guess, what some cops will do. I don't know. Oh, it's ten o'clock. Look at that. <laughs> I've been stalling long enough that we've gotten to the end of our show. Matt, where are we sitting at as far as our subscribers? And what uh, we're gonna pick? Uh, we're gonna pick a random. Let's go. Let's pick a random a ten people from the comment section. Okay. Uh, we subscriber number is at one eighty six. Ah, oh, we're so close. Come on, fourteen more. Fourteen more people. Click that pinned comment and subscribe to the new Talking Jets YouTube channel. Ugh. <clears throat> Sorry, burp. Oh, I had a bad burp during the last stream. It was really bad. I had someone actually comment on it. They're like, "Oh, Ryan, that was gnarly." I was like, "There, well, there was an epic time." Like- and like, I'm not, I'm not a belly laugher one time, but there, there's a stream, uh, Ryan, where you were drinking white claws, and you must have let out back to back thirty second burps. And like, I, again, I'm not the person to laugh out loud, but I was legitimately crying uh, watching watching that one for you. So some of the some of the white claw burps are, are epic on the show. Oh. Do that. Dude, seltzer gets me. It's like yeah. I, I could sit and pound claws for days. That's actually that's one of, claws and coronas are two of my favorite like drinks to just like pound because you, I don't feel like I'm necessarily getting drunk off of them. It's almost like hydrating to some extent. But like the seltzer burps are <laughs> like churning underneath. Never a good, uh, never a good situation. All right, Matt, let's pick some. Uh, let's, let's do like uh, give me. F- I don't know. Let's do uh, let's do some numbers, right? We'll 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 pick. Uh, I don't know. How do we do the comments? You think to pick a qualifier? What do we want to do? Oh, for on that vi- on that video, you're saying, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so how many qualifiers do you want? I don't know. How many comments we got? 
Uh, too many to count. Way too I love many it. Give me ten. <laughs> yeah, give me ten random ones. Uh, Zeus. E z z u s. Whoop! Hold on. I don't know how to turn. I I just went to turn on my <laughs> my went to click my pen and I turned on a flashlight instead. How does it? Ah, got it. Okay, sorry. What was it called? The name? First name? E Zeus. E z z u s. E z u s. Okay. King Loski, L-O-S-K-I. Okay. Lawrence Rubin. Okay. Uh, hang on, let me scroll around a little bit. Patrick Sullivan. Patrick Sullivan. And we'll okay. go Curly Norman. Ooh, Curly... Norman. All right, guys, if you want to leave however many comments you want to leave on that draft promo video on the new Talking Jets channel, that'll qualify you for every giveaway we're doing now through day three of the draft. So that's the jerseys, everything like that. And the more comments you leave on it, the more qualifications uh, you wind up having. So make sure you, you hang out over there. All right, let's do a little odds or evens. Joe, you remember how to play odds or evens? Throw up uh, some number of fingers. On screen at the same time, and then we'll we'll count it down. I'll scratch off some names. Uh, and oh no, I I did it again. Okay, sorry, I figured it out. All right, three, two, one, six. Wow. That's a nine. That's an odd number. Isus gone. Lawrence Rubin gone. Curly Norman gone. We got King Lowski and Patrick Sullivan. Uh, we're gonna throw up our numbers on screen, and the first number to pop up after NY Jets fan four. Uh, three, two, one. That's a five. A five plus, what do we got? What's our number? Five and a G. Ah, not quite the number. Five and a three. I that's think, an eight. I think, I, think, I think G is an even letter, right? G that sounds a, even. B, C, D, yeah, right? It's an even letter. It's not. It's an odd. It's not ah, seven. It, sound, it sounds even, though. Yeah. Three. Oh, shit. What was our number? Was it five? Yeah. All right. It was five plus a three. That's an eight, which means it's even. King Lowski. King Lowski. Boom. There you go. Reach out to me on email, jetstalk247 at gmail.com. I'll get your shipping information. Send you out one of these cool little shirts. Actually, I don't think I've ever shown this shirt before. Bam, chicken. Oh, that's cool. Like that's that. the getting ejected from the cockpit shirt. I don't think I've ever shown that one off. So there you go. Maybe I'll have to eject Joe. I need, for an, all I need a new one. I need I a know. new one, Ryan. I, my, 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 my. The only Jets Talk 24-7 shirt I have is uh, Zach Wilson. The Wilson. So I don't know if that's going to necessarily... <laughs> you know what, Joe? Joe, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you a little chicken action. But we have reached the end of our show now, boys and girls. So, Joe, thank you so much for coming on. Give us a little insight what you got going on and where can the people find you. Uh, JoeRB31 on Twitter, JetsXFactor, uh, Blue It Splits on YouTube, film reviews, and if you're not so down for the film reviews, uh, I do a stream once a week where we talk, and it's always based in at least film-centric opinions. So. I love it. Matt, any last words for our panel tonight? I love it. A uh, new episode of Just Jets comes out tomorrow, and also, if you're interested, we should probably mention that there's uh, Talking Jets at Talking Jets Show social medias on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. So there you go. 
content coming soon, but we should also just mention that those pages exist if you want to follow those too. So yeah, thank you. Bam, that was a horrible way for me to <laughs> announce everything else. I totally missed on all the other social media platforms. I forgot. That we made. I completely forgot. End. Yeah. Yeah. So guys, if you want to talk and jet show on all your social media platforms, make sure you, you follow us. We'll get some good stuff coming out there. Boys and girls, it's been a lot of fun hanging out with you, but I have to bid you adieu. This is Jets Talk signing off. J-E-T-S. I think every single person in this locker room is a competitor at the highest level. So, yeah, when you feel as if your back's against the wall, you never have to feel like you have to do it by yourself. Under pressure, sacked by Quinton Williams. Right sideline, Usama's got it. You look to your left and your right, you got guys out there with you that, that our whole point is to help each other. This one, the Mims. That's Corey Davis climbing the ladder. To be able to go out and, and lead these guys, just to know how hard these guys work and how important it is to them, and then you get that chance to, to lead them. Everything that happened that needed to happen for us, it almost felt like kind of like a sign, like give it like a second chance almost. Gets extra pushes, running left. Maybe a little extra life breathing in the locker. Touchdown, Jets!